The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Britain. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are moving higher than Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Roddy Cat. Thank you for the extended applause. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News Notes Need on Twitter. You can also find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Moving right along, the man behind that particularly wonderful sound effect and many others is Agent Underscore Seventy on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. Indeed. Um, Bear with him because he's under the under the thrall of sports ball right now. So you're gonna have to. (laughs) <laughs> yes, the Giants are trying to knock off the undefeated Patriots this uh, tonight, so my attention is slightly divided, but I promise that we're going to have a lot to talk about because, oh boy, uh, yeah, New York Comic Con is in the rearview mirror, and there's plenty to discuss, including my experiences at the con. So, without further ado, Roddy Cat's going to knock out our um, our plugs, and then we're going to jump right into books. Yeah, what he said. Um, not with us tonight is PCN underscore Dirt, who you can find at that on Twitter, PopCultureNet on Twitter, PopCultureNetwork.com, and is under satellite sites therein. And the Osiris of this ish, T, Tim, Dog, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8, excuse me, uh, you can find him at that on Twitter, also the Click Nation. that's the K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, and also theclicknation.com, spelled the same way. And comic book resources where he's over to write his face off. And you can find this podcast on the network that doesn't pay, but we're on there anyway because it's all love. CSPN.us. Do it today. That's right, folks. The Coastal of the Podcast Network. Uh, you'll be joining us soon. Also, you can find us uh, at Google Play. And Apple iTunes, also Spotify, and the Cole Slither Podcast uh, uh, Network's SoundCloud page. And uh, without further ado, we will get into this week's book, starting off as with the affirmation Powers of X or Powers of 10, number six, which will be the last time you will hear me say that like that, unless it comes <laughs> up later on. Unless it comes up later on, and it most certainly will. So, um,. Yeah, so right. this is it. This is it's all come down to this, or at least, for, or at least as far as the mini series is concerned. Now we're we're coming from here and uh, going into the whole line of X books next week, which starts right. um, with uh, Dawn of X, and um, all of the setup has now been relatively complete. All right, of the so questions have been answered. Not really. Not but. exactly. <laughs> so. So, uh, just before the show, we were in conversation with our very own uh, man on the spot, uh, 
uh, Johnny on the spot, Tim Dog 98 about uh, Powers of 10, number six, and what kind of finale um, we've gotten to this um, 12 issue, uh, basically 12 issue limited series. And he was nonplussed. So let's put it that, you know, that's the best way to put it. It wasn't exactly the finale he had envisioned. I differed because maybe my 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 thoughts on this book and the series are are kind were were affected uh because due to the uh due to my attendance at the Dawn of X panel at New York Comic Con this past weekend. So I didn't exactly have uh the idea that there was going to be a big slam, you know, uh, slam bang, uh, uh, gigantic explosion filled finale to powers of 10. Uh, instead I got what I expected, which is the finish of, um, a setup and the setup is touchdown. Uh, the setup is, (laughs) the setup is, um, Jonathan Hickman's softest reboot ever. Uh, of um, the X-Men franchise and setting them in a certain direction, but with a new purpose. Um, It's different from many of the other reboots that we've gotten of the X-Men, and that's where uh, Powers of Ten and the House of X uh, served. Those were the gigantic setups. Um, I just wrote a couple of notes down. I'm just going to quote something from the book, and it's a mild spoiler. The quote is, you've been dreaming the wrong dream, Charles, and it's long past time that you wake up. And I'm not going to tell you who delivers that, but um, it's the foundation of this entire series. Um, The truth of mutant kind, spoiler again, is that they apparently always lose, at least in the storylines that had been uh, described in the Powers of Ten, you know, story uh, story arc where um, you know, we had the um, the various uh, stages of the X Men's future. Um, you know, we're in the new direction where it isn't Magneto seeing things the way Xavier did, or even vice versa. This however, is well, however, you can say that Mike Magneto was right in a sense um, because it's not what it is. Is it's a it's a it's a melding of their two ideas. But Magneto didn't always see a mutination of its own you know he always saw them as the ruling class right so that's where that's where they're they they sort of met in the middle in this case right so, he pretty much had a sectional view of that same principle right essentially this is magneto and xavier abandoning their dreams and following moira's playbook as best as she can call the plays to hopefully avoid yet another doomed future some would say she is the architect in this here matrix yes do you want to know what it is well you're just gonna have to read the stuff and find out exactly exactly i enjoyed this i did i i didn't find it underwhelming but as i mentioned before i think my expectations are different than what Tim had in mind. Right. Well, so usually when, when you have, and I don't know, I, I can't speak for him, but usually when you have a miniseries, you, you have a start, you have you have the setup, and you have the end, and it gets to a big point. Like, this is pretty much all set up, as, as Age of 70 has said, and we both have said, you know, in the past, talking about this, this book. 
so this is all pretty much setting up, you know, the new line of Xbox going forward. And to be treated anything other than that would, you know, may cause some disappointment. Because I don't know, like, is there, like, granted, yeah, the, could there have been a big revelation, you know, going coming out of this, going into that? Maybe, possibly, but the revelations that are come out in this book um, are enough to see, you know, things going forward. Because there's still the questions of, well, you know, will it all play out the way things happen here? Did they actually do what they were, what the, this issue was uh, changing? Or, or, mm-hmm. or, you know, various, many other questions could come out of that, you know. But we did get some of the questions answered to a point. I mean, any questions that we have right now, like the, 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 as we have said in the past, will probably come out in whatever books if that if it was deemed so. Um, and they are not as big as this, this this the setup has allowed it. Like, there's one question I have about it, but it's it's I think that's kind of been answered to a point. And I know there's still been that one prevailing theory out there about. Charles Xavier and his body, but that's been kind of answered and really has no bearing in, into theory because that theory is kind of goes a different way than than that theory than the, than what actually happened, basically. Right. So, and I don't know how married. I know people were kind of into that theory, but I don't, it it doesn't really serve the bigger purpose. Well, it kind of could, mm-hmm. but the way it played out here, it's like, nah, this works out better just as well so it is on it is what it is on that one so yeah there is a whole i don't know let's say there's not really much we could say about it without spoiling it but at the same time even if we were to just go through you know <laughs> pen and paper tell you everything that happens in this issue if you haven't been reading everything up until well, now, mean much, right? yeah, like I will say that um, it does definitely go back to House of X number one. Oh, definitely, and and just kind of puts all the pieces together. Uh, but outside of that, like I said, just just saying any and every point outside of what we've probably you could say we've spoiled if you if you uh, think about some of the things we've said and any other audio cues that may have come about would uh, suggest you know just kind of gives you a point on Mm -hmm. what happens in this issue right so i do like that there was that one let them come moment near the end of oh yes yes and you know there's something to that i think with uh the you know that 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 comes out of the new direction Mm -hmm. you know what we were mentioning before about how neither xavier nor magneto were really right right and, and well, go ahead. No, I was about to, I was, I was going to say, and now it makes a little bit more sense, even though it kind of has been the last couple of issues. The way that other books around that have been kind of stepping around it, just kind of mm-hmm. mentioning that kind of softly, like even right. in um, Invaders of last uh, the last issue of Invaders, kind of mentioned a little bit of something, and I think there was another book. Um, oh, Contagion Number Two from this week, kind of has a little throwaway line that, you know, that mentions it. That, okay. I've been, that, well, it doesn't not, it, not directly Cajun one and two. So it, it's not a direct, not a direct, it's kind of doing like most of the other books. It's like, Hey, the mutants over there doing their own thing or whatever the case may be, or something, mm-hmm. something along those, that kind of line, just nothing directly tied to it, but it's, you know, reading this and then knowing 
their references is like okay they're they're playing around with not saying anything not you know because of sure. what's been going on in the miniseries but at the same time like, okay sure you get it now absolutely um again so which also leads credence to like well whether this setup um plays into the the larger marvel universe like that is the question but it seems like they're still while they are still in their own world um which hickman kind of likes to do with as we've seen in his uh avengers one it's still there's still some things that kind of come out of it and have you know at least get touched on another another stuff so it's not like completely on its own right i think i think in the sense that they kept the six the the 12 issues uh the, the 12 combined issues of house and powers of 10 um you know separate from everything else until you know obviously in the in the um in the interest of not spoiling anything, I think most of the um, greater Marvel universe is not going to cross over with the X corner until the first wave of Dawn of X comes out. And probably so, not even then, you know, I think, no, I think it's going to simply based on, based on some of the books. She's saying we'll not, that, not that everything is out and open with the, with this. Exactly. Then, sure. Exactly. We'll get in, we'll get into it, especially when we talk about the Dawn of X panel. Right. So, but um, yeah, that's powers of 10 number one, uh, number six, that is. Yep. And um, we can move on to another book. Uh, yes. Let me search. I didn't get a good look at what you read. Uh, I read a good I've, chunk. You did. I did see that much, and we read. Actually, we looked like yeah, we read pretty much the same stuff with the with for the most part. Yeah, most of the Marvel stuff probably. Yeah. Uh, actually, let's get into that new Doctor Doom book, Doctor Doom number one. Okay. Um, I I wasn't sure. You know, Doom has had a book in the past. Doom has taken over for Iron Man in the past. So you know. Uh, he's had a couple of miniseries in the past, so it was like, well, okay, what could you possibly do with a Doctor Doom book that wasn't that, you know, would be any interesting outside of him being a foil for some hero or something, or you know, his outing as the infamous Iron Man. I was about to say, you're 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 um you're underestimating the power of Doom. Oh no, I am not because I mean he is. I mean. That is not to I'm say. Shouting out, I'm shouting out an old buddy of mine who is such a big Doom fan. Well, so hey, sure. I always, I always, I always, I always think of him when, um, when, uh, when I when I read a, a Doom reference now because uh, he was such a big Doom, uh, Doom guy. So, hmm. but um, I was about to also shout out to Eclectic, who's also a big big Doom guy. But I think he may be more more name more than Doom at this point. We're not sure, but gotcha. Um, but that being said. It, like this, this uh, book kind of give me gave me some. There's some intrigue in this that uh, I wasn't actually expecting. So sure. we should say up front that is written by. We've talked about this before in the news, but it is written by Christopher Cantrell, Cantwell, not the neo Nazi, but the showrunner for uh, *Halt and Catch Fire*. At least okay. We, we hope they are not. That's a distinction that should be made because somebody see, could somebody would see that and be like. Because at first, I thought that's what it was. I'm like, why? Because they would Google that and find the wrong person. Yes, and the other's name would come up before, I think actually, that's what happened. The the other one came up before this one. No kidding. Um, Mine was made very on that one. But nevertheless, it's a distinction that probably needs to be made. And and even the, you know, when I did the initial search, I was like, I'm hoping they're not the same person because that's, that's names way too similar to be 
you know, to be not the same person, but apparently not. I can't say that because hey, there's a bunch of people with my same name, so whatever. Regardless, so what we see here is what seems to be another day, week in the life of Doctor Doom. You know, in in Latveria, getting you know, get as I have in my notes, he's getting dissed by by TV personalities, showing random concerns over a project, a world project that he wasn't involved in. Right. You yeah, know. that's the setup. The setup is that there is a technological project that he is criticizing. Right. And come to find out he may have been partially right about that, but we won't know that for a fact because there's some shenanigans that happen near the end of the book that uh, implicate him into some nefarious actions do uh, around that uh, that project. But before then... Um, we also get uh, a pop in from a an old adversary slash um, I guess coworker. relation. Yeah, well, apparently well, it's like wait that I'm like that's, that's an old show. that's an old story that I don't know if is if it's been ever if if it's ever been resolved. Um, you know whether or not Kang and Doom are related. Right. You know, like future you know future versions of you know whether Kang's a future version of Doom. Right. Which, yeah, because especially knowing the character of Kang and his actual relation to the other side of that token, it, that seems kind of weird. But at the same time, hey, you know, things are things. But because um, Kang is a Richards, right? Uh, no, that's not. That's that's different. And that's, I know. That's I know. not Nathaniel, I don't think. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, I think it is. Or at least, hey, let me phrase the a, a version of because we know what Immortus is. But and I, and Mortis is kind of another thing. Regardless, all of that doesn't really matter at this point. I was about to say we have to go diving into our handbooks of the Marvel Universe and Google. Yeah, but, um, don't at me on that. But we know there's right. something in there. Uh, regardless, Kang shows up, pops in for some strange reason, and apparently has been doing so for for a good minute, which may or may not have something to do to do with this uh, world project and what's going on. Right, um, it's an interesting start to us to the series. Right, I think you know the. Um, you know the the issue that they're trying to that this tech is trying to solve is ripped from the headlines. Yes, um, which is why, which is the other reason why I, you know, mentioned the um, which I've never watched that show, but I assume that's the kind of stuff that uh, the person did on this dude did on that show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to mention that um, I'd be interested to see if Salvador LaRocca stays on the book for the duration of the series. Hmm. He's kind of a high profile artist name I for I doubt it. They probably uh, more likely they got uh, him on here to start the start it's the It's gotten a lot of hype. You know, the, the this book has not gotten a lot of hype so far, so it's kind of interesting to see if he stays on the whole time. Right. Yeah, no. I, Although I, it might be it might be part of his contract. You think so? It might be. You know that in order to you know in order for him to do it, he might he might have uh, if not Sal, definitely a high profile artist to help push the book. Hmm. Yeah, like but I feel like they do that with a lot of books, like especially the ones that kind of may possibly need a little bit of help. So they they get a high powered artist on there to kind of help help it along a little bit. They don't do it with all of them, but some of them do. It. I think this might be one of them, and he'll probably be gone at the end of the arc. I don't think is it ongoing. Well, actually, you're right because it is a um, 
Yeah, it is a mini, isn't it? That's my point. Like, yeah. I don't think it's an ongoing. I think it's a limited series. So he, I, you know, it's whether or not he's I mean, unless, the unless, of the of the series, right? Unless they happen, unless the numbers are so good that it ends up being a. It is rare that it happens nowadays, but it can happen. But I doubt it. You know that it ends up as a mini series. I mean, as a uh, ongoing. But yeah. So that being the case, yeah. I mean, yeah. Then if that's the case, then it's easy peasy. Then he'll be on this the whole time. Because I believe it's only, if that's the case, it's only six issues, right? So, you know, he's done that. I hope, you know, I'm, I hope he stays on because it's pretty solid work so far. So, yeah, I can't see All why right. they would they would take him off at, you know, even regardless of whether this is a, a mini or not. I can't see why they would take him off of it unless there's another. I mean, I know there's a couple of events coming down the line, but yeah. I can't see so why we'll they see. would take him off of this when the book's not going to be long, around next year. Well, I mean, it'll be around next year, but you know what I'm saying? Not for any stress of time. Mm-hmm. So, but regardless, right. it's a actually a pretty interesting start. And the way this book ends, I, I'm kind of wondering if the status quo for Doom and Latveria is going to um, is going to be affected by this or in the world sense. And they just had to get a, I will say this, spoiler alert, they had to get a Brexit joke again. How they did that? Uh, you know, you'll, you'll, if you're interested, you'll read it. Of course. But, um, Interesting start. We'll see where it goes. Uh, next up, let's see. Did you read? You did not read. Local. What's the book? Well, pick one. Did you read uh, Miles? Yes, I did. All right. So Miles Morales, Spider-Man number eleven. Um, I got a kick out of this because Saladin Ahmed, who I did meet and speak to at length um, at New York Comic Con, name dropper, apparently cooked up a uh, Miles. What's that? <laughs> name, name dropper. dropper. Well, it's actually my notes, but um, he's cooked up a mile story straight out of the old Parker Luck playbook. Well, Not that, only yeah. is he low on webbing, because Peter often ran out of the chemicals for it, yeah. or some other practical money-related reason, but he needs to be with his family for a medical emergency when he runs into the new Prowler. And we know who this is if you've been reading the book. Right. Or if you watched Into the Spider Verse, um, yeah, exactly. Unless they throw happen to throw us a swerve, which I can't see at this point. But, I doubt it. Yeah, right? I mean, especially when they're saying that, hey, they're taking Miles back to the uh to, to the I almost called it the new universe, but the the Ultimate Universe, and this mm-hmm. would definitely play along with that. Given you know the 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 people in Miles' universe from there, so. And of course, Spider Verse, like Agent Seventy said. So hey, it's it's a thing. Um, I'm hoping that thing with with him and Barbara kind of patches back up. We haven't seen the other chick, uh, other chick, not chick, Vulture, um, <laughs> Starling. But I'm assuming that they're saving that because I think that the in the last issue they kind of brought that up. But I was thinking they were gonna, you know, bring it up this issue for that reason. But I guess not. So it'll be in the near future. Oh yeah. So. Wouldn't have brought it up if it wasn't something to go. Right. Yeah, it wouldn't have been broken up come up if it wasn't something that was gonna come back at some point. So but he's kind of back on it and it's worth noting because I think um Salinet Ahmed did say this on Twitter that this takes place after um Absolute Carnage, which some things happened to him and all, and which doesn't seem to be bearing on this book, but I guess somebody had asked him that. But it, and it does get referenced in this book, but you know, like I said, if you're not reading it, it, it doesn't seem to play all that 
there's nothing that really played that much into it unless outside of being referenced which is good because you know because I, I would hate it if there there would have been some real earth-shattering change in that book you know that bleeds off and it is and i would have to go back and read that mess and i call it a mess not having to read it but whatever uh next book okay. unless you got something else to say about it this one no i'm good what's next magnificent... what's next miss marvel i know you read that yeah magnificent miss marvel number eight as we say well not everybody said that but uh <laughs> so yeah so this is uh what uh, apparently, I'm just going to go ahead and um, cut to the chase. Uh, Miss Marvel and friends get taken to a another, a basically a gentrified uh, company town, and they have to fight Steve Jobs. Essentially, uh, essentially, uh, and of course, uh, you know that that fight gets dealt with to a point, but you know it's not going to be the end of that. Because you know things tend to come back up to to uh, Kamala's world at some point, right? But this it, is uh, this is Saladin Ahmed uh, growing her uh, her rogues gallery. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's oh. like two two old similar similarly old um, rogues kind of come back into come back into the fold, which right. they kind of have been, but then introduces a new folk. Exactly, kind of create like a more uh, straight out of board games, which that's yeah, pretty much terrible name for that. But at the same time, eh, it is what it, it makes is. sense. <laughs> well, so here's the commentary aspect of it too. Well, there is also that exactly, and there was there was definitely that. So, which also brings up the fact that another villain of her that also shows up is named after another product that some people would use as a communications device and for gamers. So if you try to look up that particular character um, on Google, and it's also a term, a, a Sonic term, so that's a, not Sonic the Hedgehog, but a Sonic X and auditory term. So that's a hard search if you're actually looking for it, even if you put like Marvel and whatnot, it'll come up eventually, but whatever, it's kind of crazy. But that said, yeah, um, they they fight Steve Jobs, who apparently we we don't get that much about outside of who he is and what he wants, and he displays some powers that are seemingly familiar to a point um, that messes with um, Kamala, and we also get um, another part of th- of this where it introduces the fact that her suit is acting on his own to a point, which is kind of sounds familiar in, um, if you know anything about past spider suits. Yeah. I was about to say there's very, there's some very, uh, symbiote suit, uh, stuff going on here, even though it's a tech suit. Right. Which we saw, we kind of see coming. Like I said, if you know, playing in this field a little bit, a little long, it might not go the same way, but at the same time, you can't help but see the, you know, see the, see the, see the notes there. So we'll see what happens after that. But um, yeah, it it's pretty much it introduces the thing. They they have a thing out and uh, get to the end of the issue. So, but it was a good read, regardless as the, as it tends to be. Um, you got another book you want to read out? Uh, do you want to talk Invaders? I have not read that, but sure, go. Ooh, oh, let me afraid that I was I was in the midst of skimming it. Um, All right, let's find something. Let's find something we both read. And no, no, we'll no, 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 no. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. No, I was about to say we can jump to rapid fire. Actually, no, because most of the other stuff I read was DC. Did you read White Fox? 
I did read white white little white box. Okay, so uh, this I thought was a nice origin um, story for the for the character because I'm not that familiar with the character because she comes from video games. Correct. As a matter of fact, go ahead and say the the, the full title of this is Future Fight Firsts. Say that five times fast. White Fox number one. So Future right. Fight is the video game that she came from, um, along with I think Lunar Snow, uh, which apparently the next issue is about. So go for it. Right, and basically, you know, the story moves along at a brisk pace, mm-hmm. and it's exactly what a reader wants in a first issue. You know, we have some information from previous comics, but this issue is a great start for a character with plenty of potential. I like this issue; it was really crisp, uh, and I don't say that lightly. Yeah. Uh, it really read with a with a nice. There was just a nice pace to it. So the thing, and I've, I've seen this character in other places. Obviously, obviously she's come up in ages. Uh, no, she hasn't. Uh, she's come up in other books that I've read. And the one thing that I didn't think about then that kind of came apparent now, she's basically the Korean uh, Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that kind of plays into the kind of uh, setup for the story to a point. Because right. in, in the beginning, you see Jimmy Woo trying to want wanting to. Uh, recruit her for Agents of Atlas, so, right? Why not? Makes sense. They need a they need a Black Widow, I guess. So, uh, and then it just goes into her origin story, which yeah, like you said, it was brisk and it was like okay, I I and I enjoyed this. It was a kind of a one and done thing, and it right. does. There is a backup story that has to do with um, uh, they call themselves the Future Avengers, but not the ones that you have seen in that one uh, directed video. Uh, movie that was done, and I, I'm assuming I don't know if these did these come these these folks come up anywhere else that that, that you have seen or no. First time I'm seeing them. Okay. Oh, hold on. We got a uh, we have an addition to the program that I'm going to have to add in here. Um, he is on standby. second because i'm going to have to it's all good and i don't have a lower throw from but there you go so matt wang 97 hey guys hi everyone can you hear me okay yep yay welcome in friend of the show matt wang 97 coming in fresh from his uh his many travels yes he's our first guest in our new format with lightstream so uh you know we're still working out we've worked out most of the uh the gremlins in the system but every once in a while they pop their heads up so indeed indeed. thanks again for having me and uh sorry i'm a little late that's all good that's all good hey look we we have our own issues around here sometimes that causes to run late so I said gremlins so yeah um, um so i don't know well one we have we're uh in the books you may might have heard prior to we're not far in um yeah, we've discussed a couple of books so far we discussed powers of 10 great uh, book number six uh if you wanted to well l- l- let me give you the the list of the books we spoke about powers of 10 number six uh miles morales spider-man number 11 uh magnificent miss marvel number eight and dr doom number one nice nice uh, i only read two books this week powers of 10 sorry powers of x for agent 70 and uh <laughs> and Thank you. Event, Levi- event leviathan oh okay we haven't spoken about the okay yeah leviathan. yeah y'all can talk about that when we get into it but right now we're talking about um future fights first white fox number one 
which I guess we're pretty much finished with because we've, you know, there's not really much else to say outside of the the backstory. Right. We're not trying. Yeah, we're not trying to spoil everything. Uh, but it's really a well. I thought it was a well written, well paced, well you know drawn book. Yeah, and it's really a good jumping on point for anyone who wants to learn about this character who has really only seen a little bit of shine in uh, the Agents of Atlas books and um, Domino could, yeah. and a couple other places she's shown up. Yeah. Well, I haven't read her in the Domino book. I know. So. Well, I read her in the Domino book, and I think, uh, from, as a matter of fact, at the back of uh, the back between the two stories, um, there is a place where they say, "Hey, if you want to read more about her, you can go read these books, which includes Domino, Hot Shots, um, and gotcha. Marvel Comics Presents." Apparently, she she has a story in there, written by the same author. Or who, who wrote the book? Alisa uh, Wong. Okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. Um, and the backup story, I can't remember who wrote that, but like the, what, what we're saying was... Screenwriter. Is it? Yeah, Alyssa Wong. Okay. I thought it was somebody else. A different, different artist. Sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, apparently these are young kids who were ex-Hydra and were trained to fight the Avengers. And I don't know if this was something that was brought up. Oh, oh. card's falling, card's falling. Yeah, whatever. Um, they were trained to, to fight Hydra, but now they're since Hydra's it is what it is for Hydra. They are becoming trying to become heroes or something. I'm not sure, but the backup story kind of you know is a story about them basically, and uh, it looks like that's going to be a through line through this um, future fights, uh, future fight first books, of which we know of like at least two because like the next one is on Luna Snow. Right. There's Luna Snow and I think Crescent and Io. Yes. So. Switch and Luna Snow also came out of that same, I believe that also came out of that same uh, video game. I'm not sure about Crescent and Io. Probably probably did, but I'm yeah. not sure. They did, uh, they did too. Because okay. uh, if, if you looked at the the back matter for uh, Agents of Atlas, they, right. uh, they spoke about that a lot and highlighted it. Okay. okay. Right. So, cool. But what did so, I mean, if if the next couple of books uh, coming out of this read like that, it'll be good jumping on points for those characters. For absolutely, absolutely, like this is recommended. I would recommend it for just anyone who's interested in in catching up on a new character because that's how I that's how well I thought they presented the character and the origin. Yeah, I'd agree with that. All right. So next up, what's next? Um, probably maybe one more before we go into rapid. Sure. Um, well, 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 Matt. Since you're here, you got any thoughts on powers of uh, powers of ten X, whatever? Um, I I like the, you know, I like the parallel construction to um, House of X, and um, you know, it uh, it definitely brings a lot of new angles to uh, the X Men books, and it'll be really interesting to see um, other writers really jump on that and. Uh, and we'll see how things go. I mean, um, I think what I don't know if it's a concern or worry or, or just a thought is, you know, will other writers be able to, uh, you know, carry that Hickman style and, um, you know, push things forward? I, I was thinking about it before I came on the show. You know, um, the reason why we love the X Men, love the mutants, and why we all gravitated to those Chris Claremont books so many years ago were. You know, a lot of us were kind of growing up and, you know, felt maybe a little ostracized and we felt drawn to those characters. And, you know, I mean, now we've lived them with them for so many years. 
you know, John, and Jonathan Hickman is, is taking those ideas and kind of trying to push them forward. And hopefully people will latch on to them. And uh, that's what I'm hopeful for. And I, I do think they have a, a great cadre of writers and concepts. And, uh, you know, I do worry that there's a little, there are too many mutant books, but it seems like some of them are ongoing and some of them are limited series. And um, I'm very excited about the future. I haven't been this excited about the future of the X-Men uh, for a while. Nice. Uh, I would just note that I definitely I'm still on the on on the uh, on the fence about a couple of the Dawn of X books, you know, wave one. And, you know, we, we find out that there's more coming up later on in 2020. But um, the I, you know, I attended the Dawn of X panel. They definitely sold me on one more book than I was going to get out of this wave. So. Uh, and, and on a couple of others, I understand better the premise. So we can talk about that um, when we get to um, some of the news out of Dawn of X. But um, uh, just to catch a mat up on what I mentioned earlier, my feelings about the last issue of uh, Powers of Ten, I guess, were kind of affected by my understanding of what the direction of the of the uh, upcoming books are and where they're going from here. So I didn't expect a big finale. And uh, maybe that was counter to what maybe some other people expected as a finale of a 12 issue. What, what was essentially a 12 issue uh, limited series between house and powers. So, um, you know, so that's pretty much how I felt about how it ended. But, um, you know, uh, I think I'm looking forward to the Dawn of X stuff for sure. Um, and I think, you know, we've set up a new status quo that they're going to follow up on. So we'll see where that goes from here. Yeah, if you've read any of the old, like any of early John Hick, uh, Jonathan Hickman books from Image, the, the end, these endings felt like those books. Well, like East of West or even earlier? No, 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 earlier. You're talking about um, Red Wing. Um, uh, uh, the the book um, oh, um, about Mar um, something about Mars, and then the the book where the uh, the soldiers go back in time uh, to uh, the Roman Empire. Okay, it, it definitely felt like that. Like the diagrams felt like that. The imagery, um, his graphic design, but the the ending, um, uh, it, 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 they weren't big climactic endings. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, All I right. guess the only other thing to kind of go off of is like, well, if you've only read Hickman from like, say, you know, his Avengers run, like, actually, there were probably some else I've read from Hickman, but um, something like that. You, the difference is that that went into Secret Wars, you know, so it's a little bit different. That kind of had, that kind of had something to get to, to build up to, and then this one, this is, you can kind of say it's similar, but it's not building up to an event. It's basically building up to just a whole new line of books. So it's not necessarily the same, but you can see some similarities in it. I, I, I'll be honest. Like, I, I, you know, I love Jonathan Hickman. I was not, I think these are way better. These X-Men books were way better than the Avengers run. Really? Huh. I see. I love the Avengers stuff simply because there was some slam bang stuff, especially with Thanos. Yeah. So, yeah. But that, how many issues it took? what 14 issues to get to the Thanos stuff well i'm not even well, I'm, because they had because remember they had the parallel illuminati stuff too going right. on on earth 
So, you know, I guess that's why, you know, it's a little, it, it was just as drawn out, if not more so. Mm-hmm. So, but that was part of the, the thing for me. So, um, but yeah, so that being the case, we can move on. Uh, if there would be anything else. No, nah, we'll rapid fire it because we got a lot of books to get through. Sure. Spin it. All right. Uh, let me start with a book that I know Roddy Cat and I read. That's Web of Black Widow number two. Mm-hmm. All I have to say about this is, whoa, I wish I had Black Rob, uh, you know, uh, the sound effect just now because um, the art in this book is a little rough on my eyes. The story's okay, but the art's just distracting. Um, it's a lot rougher than it was in the first issue. Uh, both issues are by Stephen Mooney, um, and that's not a good look. Um, I thought the story was okay, not great. I may be dropping this book. I have it um, as a physical pull, and I pulled the first two. I may not continue uh, past this issue. What did you think, Roddy? Um, I don't feel quite that same way, all except for the fact that I do agree there with some of the art things, like especially a couple of coloring issues here and there, and I, I think those were might have been uh, uh, intentional. Like, especially, like, you see uh, Natasha comes in and she's all of a sudden a woman of color. But then she, but, <laughs> which that happened last issue and I mean, and didn't bring, and didn't bring that up. Yeah, I but think it's that's a way of shadow. I, you know, that I, I'm wondering. No, if there's no, it wasn't, it wasn't shattering because there's a couple of times. Of, but, but the real thing that is, um, it, it would explain that off is because there is an, um, another person that is apparently uh, imitating her. But this person also, or or thing, also have extra capabilities, as we come to find out at the end of this issue. So that's why I'm right. like, okay, because because the, the the thing about the first issue was like, okay, it seemed like these two people were were working together, and but this issue didn't sound like that's the case. Um, but so which made me kind of interested in see what's go- what's going on, you know, going forward to this. And I don't think this is I'm not sure if this is a, um ongoing either, actually. No, it's a limited series. Yeah, so like I, said, I can, I can, I can keep. I keep think on it's. This. I was about to say, I think it's a six issue limited I series. I think you're right. I'm not sure. Yeah, so like I, said, I can, I can, you know, I can, I can hold on to this for for another uh, book or two. Oh, it, it was that, that, that was some pretty bad, uh, some pretty bad shots in there. Uh, next up for me is Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-one. Uh, big old meh. For me, uh, Spider-Man has been apparently left behind as the Carnage and Venom story in uh, because this is a crossover with Absolute Carnage. Um, that story takes center stage. I'm not sure about the psychological torment of Norman Osborn at the hands of Kindred, a.k.a. Caterpillar Man. Uh, whether or not that has a point that's going to pay off anytime soon. Uh, Roddy Cat was skimming Invaders number 10. I don't spoil too much of it. Um, there's a nice twist in this. Um, it's actually not that predictable in this case of uh, the compound used to turn w- humans into water breathers. I'm interested to see how this story continues uh, based on what happens at the end of the issue. The next issue tease is of a conversation between Namor and Cap that is long overdue. So, uh, the, so having like read two issues to, to catch up with this uh, up until this earlier, there was a part of it I didn't too much care for because it was like that whole, well, we found out what's really going on in, in Nemo's mind. And then that ended up being something not 
you know, or it seemed, seemed something a little extra than what we initially thought it was. There was mm-hmm. more to it than, than that. And I, that part was like, really? You're just going to let him off the hook like that, huh? Okay, fine. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know. It's probably going to go somewhere, I hope. But I had to read this issue to see what happens in this right. one. So Exactly. I was about to say you got to finish reading the issue. All righty. Um, next up, uh, Ronan Island number seven. Shout out to Greg Pak. Um, Hana, the young Korean lady, continues to be smarter than... Um, than her peers. I don't know why this came out as years in um, our our uh, Google sheet. Um, that's just uh, autocorrect for you. As the story of the Mad Shogun continues to threaten Ronin Island. Um, let's see. We did Web of White Fox. Uh, the Batman's Grave, number one of 12. This is kind of a strange setup for a Batman story by Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. It's got Bruce entering the mind of the victim of a murder to deduce the identity of the killer. Uh, Some of Hitch's art sings. Other parts of it, especially the Batman action scenes, have Batman a little too stretchy. Like, wait a second. He doesn't have elastic powers. So, or does he? Yeah, that's just a, that's just a, you know, from, 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 from my eyes perspective, right? Mm. Uh, Detective Comics number 1013. Man, that still sounds weird saying it. Um, All I have to say about this is, didn't they cure Nora Freeze in the animated movie Sub-Zero? It's a coincidence because I literally watched this animated movie earlier this week for fun on the DCU app. Well, it's canon now, so... And what are they waiting for in the comics? This issue apparently... So that so no big spoiler there, right? Hmm. So we'll see how that goes from here. And the last book I read this week is Event Leviathan number five. Mm-hmm. I will leave, you know, unless you know, maybe uh, Matt has more to say on the book. All I have to say is we will find out who Leviathan is in the next and last issue of the series. I I really I've really enjoyed I've really enjoyed this series and uh, it's hard I think to to have a mystery in comics right uh, in superhero comics and uh, the fact that Brian that uh, Bendis has uh, has done that with this mini um, and made even jaded comic book fans interested in the mystery of the and the identity and uh, it's hopefully it won't be Wave Rider or Hawk no oh, no. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I'm currently rereading Zero Hour, so um, oh jeez, you know, for the old school fans out there, and uh, but uh, you know the was it the last third of the book, the quarter of the book? I, mm-hmm. I got really excited about the potential identity. Okay, I would like to point out that uh, which I went to, to uh, bring up earlier that uh, both House of X, Powers of X, and seemingly Event uh, Leviathan, both ending before doomsday clock oh no putting that out there anyway so for the rest of my books uh contagion number two which is basically and you know it's kind of giving it short shrift but whatever um basically marvel's answer to deceased which i think may possibly be and end up being a better uh zombie event book and i don't really care for those that much but um, so basically more people get added to the pot and things get a little bit worse uh, without going into it. And it seems like the only people who are unaffected are mostly people who are just punching things. 
specifically because of the way this thing started, uh, Iron Fist and some folks around him, uh, to a certain point anyway. But um, yeah, some some things happened and uh, things get a little worse. And and it looks like uh, Jessica Jones and Pay from uh, the Iron Fist series may end up joining the fray in the next issue, which I'm kind of curious to see. We got a nice little cloak and dagger um, <laughs> appearance, which was the thing that made things worse, which was funny, but I don't okay. think that was intentional. Uh, but it is what it is. Loki number four. Uh, so I'm just going to go with my notes and say, so So this is, um, so this thing with Nightmare has been settled, I guess, because, you know, Nightmare has kind of come up and, and messed with Loki a couple of different times uh, of recent, and uh, it was handled in the most Loki of way, and I don't know if this is a finality to Nightmare or not, but he's not in the same place as he, he um he would normally be let's just put it that way and loki still thinks of himself as an original avenger which is kind of cute and then something of a future event happens at the end of this which whether it plays into i don't think it may or may not play into what's going on in king thor i don't think so but hey the future is broad so you never you don't know when this is going to be it's would definitely be an interesting take um going forward i guess if if this ends up happening uh and my last book is wonder twins number eight and uh you know if there's i know a lot of people don't like this book because there's a lot of social commentary in it but i'm really kind of enjoying it i mean i'm not sure what else you could do with the wonder twins you know, like making them into serious superheroes at this point when you know those of us of a certain age know of them as the um you know the the, the, the sidekicks this the, the sidekicks of the super friends yeah. So, but you know, it's a, it's still an uh, interesting right. book. You know, Jane kind of gets herself into the principal's issues, and there's a thirty year class reunion coming up, which apparently the high school students that uh, are doing something are handling instead of the adults. <laughs> As Agent Seventy gets, I know, right? Class reunions, there's something, right? Um, but yeah, that kind of goes into a thing it's so. one of the funny things about watching a game with no audio and you see the penalty uh you see that there's a a flag thrown on the play and you're like what was that yes so thank you for that clarification because if people were watching the video and sometimes you may be sure because you never know what kind of good sites you get get to see like matt wang's beautiful face um you'll get to see <laughs> agent 70 reacting to something off screen that you don't know anything about unless you were here uh, so that's being the case, like I said, the Wonder Twins kind of get themselves into some shenanigans uh, involving this class reunion thing and a friend of theirs who they put in jail, and it's kind of interesting. So it is what it is on that one. Um, and that is it for me. So now we go to Clicks of the Week. And now that I think about it... Um, What's that? No, I was thinking the, the the other guys did mention something earlier, but I don't know if they were going with those picks at their picks. Yeah, I don't think they actually threw up picks. So here we go. So let's just go. Yeah. So yeah, to, being that the other guys didn't really didn't seem to have read that much, we were just gonna forego theirs because they didn't they weren't really strong about what they <laughs> what they read seemingly. Right. Right. Um, and for us, Matt, do you have one actually? While we're it's tough. I've been thinking about it. Um, I, I think I will have to go um, Powers of Ten, 
but I, it was close. I really liked Event Leviathan, and uh, you know, I, I thought Bendis finally got the dialogue right there. But I think I have to go Powers of Ten because it's a uh, big ideas, really pushing the franchise forward. And uh, you know, I had to read um, House of X uh, again because of, of Powers of Ten. You read through the whole. Um... Actually, yeah, that would be something to do now that now that everything is out there, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I read all the back matter. I read, right. you know, all the journal entries. Right, but just reading it all, like yeah, I'm saying, all that is all together. Yeah. yeah, right. Um, what else? What else? So you're reading real quick, by the way, or if you're reading anything else recently, I know you're oh. kind of busy, but um, you know, look, I'm a big Power Pack fan, so I was excited. <laughs> about so somehow I knew that I, I felt that was coming, but all right, well, sure, well, I asked for I mean, it. You you asked it. I did uh, ask for it. I mean. I think one of the reasons why I love Power Pack so much growing up as a kid, I was their age, and they, I guess they, they used my real elementary school. PSA 7 was the elementary school I went to, and I was reading it about it in the comic, which I thought was the coolest thing. Nice. Are you um, reading Future Foundation, or did you see that one shot that they had? Uh, popular couple of I read both. You read yeah. both? Okay. I read both. Um, obviously, The Immortal Hulk. Um, I'm loving that. Yeah. Uh, Ewing's work there. Um I picked up the new Ghost Rider number one, really enjoyed that. And got, obviously got the tutorial about uh, all the different hells in the Marvel Universe. I think we mentioned um, that last week, yeah. I am enjoying Doomsday Clock. Uh, <laughs> when it comes out. It's taken two years to, to finish, but sure, sure. Um, uh, I'm enjoying Brian Hill's uh, Batman and the Outsiders. Okay. Uh, that's right. been a fun read. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'll just go on my, like, 15 second rant on I don't understand what's going on in Justice League. I like read it and I sort of understand. <laughs> yeah. I think I understand. It's a lot. Like, yeah. It's like when I was reading Metal and I was just like, I just got to read these words and try yes. to figure out what's going on. And, yeah. I sort of understand what's going on in that, but I chalk it up to my lack of, or at least the, my generous blind spots, you know, very large blind spots in, of, uh, you know, in DC knowledge. So, yeah. That's why I kind of I kind of gloss over, you know, my eyes glaze over when I'm reading some of that stuff. So no, no, I I I, I know DC really well, and I'm like I <laughs> do not understand what happened in metal. Um, well, that's I that's really, a ringing endorsement. I, yeah, that's a bad sign. <laughs> I I really enjoyed Legion of Superheroes. I'm really excited for it. Hmm. Um, really excited for what they're doing with that team. Yeah, Millennium Number Two came out last week, right? Yeah, yeah. it did. Mm. I gotta I gotta I gotta backtrack and read some of that stuff. And, Are you reading um, any of the other Wonder Comic stuff? Uh, Young Justice is awesome. Yeah, it's really it's good. good. Yeah. Um, and uh, what else? I, I read about like twenty or thirty books a month, and that's. I think uh, I think I just cover them all. Mm, that's pretty good, all. And yeah, no, that's pretty good. As folks of the show well know by now, we are both using this time to, to stall. But no, I'm pick, good. I'm I'm good, man. Powers of your... Ten, number six. Okay. Oh, sure. You're stalling. <laughs> I mean, hey, I admitted it, so whatever. Um of Ten, number six. That's mine. That's my click of the week this week. Uh, I liked a couple of books this week, but I, I, I re, I, as I said before, I'm really looking forward to where some of the Dawn of X books go. So I was waiting yeah. to see how uh, Powers of X would, Powers of Ten would wrap up. I am definitely actually more uh, excited about this whole line than I was. Uh, one going into it, and two probably in a few years, like you know, um, 
for with the Xbox. Like there's been some decent stuff in the past, but thankfully a lot of that stuff doesn't seem to be. I'm not gonna say it's not canon, but you know, the, I'm still kind of reading through that uncanny for some stupid reason. But whatever. Oh, the Rosenberg uncanny. Yeah. Okay. I, it's it's a great run. <laughs> I mean, it's been all right, but that's but knowing Rosenberg, you know, knowing how Rosenberg kind of operates sometimes, it's like, well, all right, I, I see some of this stuff coming in and being here, and sure enough, yeah, that's some of this stuff has been not saying this has been good. It's just like slightly predictable in a certain sense, but his propensity to kill folks, a couple of folks off is kind of another thing but damn eight and seven degrees we've been getting great uh, uh so i'm just gonna go with positive uh x slash 10 number six also flag on that all right because that dr doom book was actually pretty good this week and uh miles was pretty good like there was a couple couple of pretty good books this week but i think that one kind of with the potential potentiality of it you know going into this new wave of books coming out is pretty good all right, let us get into the news. Oh, wait, no, we have an ad read. But yeah, but I'm just waiting for you to do that. One second. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, wait a second, we're not going right into the news. We got an ad read, and then we're going to well, go Yeah, but the- you knew there was an ad read coming. <laughs> I don't see what's so funny about this. Here's our ad read. We have to pay our respects to our, uh, our ads. Uh, Wink, our personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronto, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink wines through cspn.us. Do it today. Now we get into the news. <clears throat> Excuse me, and we start off with the cinematic news as we do every week. I was like, do you want to do you want to run through the con stuff? No, I I just thought about it, and let's get through cinematic first, and then get to it. All right, because uh, because because then we can go right into the new stuff, and which will play into it a little bit better. Oh, the comic stuff, yeah. I gotcha. Right. Um, so that being the case, uh, Ruth's, Ralph's Clark Kent reveals a new job title in Arrowverse crossover photo. So yes, folks, the, the crossover that hasn't been here yet is still pumping out news left and right. And apparently, Brandon Ralph is playing a version of Clark Kent, since we would know he's playing a version of uh, the Kingdom Come version of um, uh, Superman. And apparently, he's the paper's new editor-in-chief, so he's Perry White in whatever world. So, and we see a picture of uh, him on his Instagram. So that's an interesting change. Cool. Next up. Uh, there is a behind the scenes photo of uh, one version of Lois Lane meeting yet another version of Lois Lane. Uh, that is uh, uh, Erica Durant uh, mm-hmm. from uh, Smallville meeting the Lois Lane from uh, 
Hawkland and Welling. No, uh, whatchamacallit? The, um, is it oh, the no. Supergirl? Oh, no. I believe she was um, uh, Supergirl. Yeah, Supergirl. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Supergirl, uh, Lois Lane. Where's Terry Hatcher? Uh, you know what? There was, a, there was an article kind of mentioning in that, and I don't think they got her for that. Because uh, I don't think they, well, I mean, Dean Kane being, you know, whatever nowadays, I'm pretty sure they avoided that for reasons. But yeah, they those are don't they they haven't announced anything for those. Erica Durant also um played a uh, part which which we talked about before on Supergirl. So this is you know they didn't meet there, but nevertheless it is a thing that happened. So cool. Um, Crisis on Infinite Earth photo offers the first look at Kavanaugh's uh, pariah. So we do know that uh, Tom Kavanaugh, <laughs> man of many uh, uh characters at this point in the Flash Flash series. Is playing Pariah, and um, we get a picture of him with the rest of the cast, well, with a bunch of the other cast, uh, in his suit. I think it's awesome that he just keeps popping up as different characters. I know, right? It's like, it's like he, he, he doesn't want to leave Vancouver. <laughs> All right. Yeah, in addition to playing like a multitude of whales, Wells's, uh, he has played bad guys and you know, this and that and the other. So, yeah, it's like, hey. He's got a good agent, apparently. Apparently, um, I mean, and he's a good actor, so he's been, you know, every time he's 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 played his part, he's he's done it quite well. So, not even knocking that. But yeah, his suit looks like Doctor Doom's, weirdly enough. But it is what it is on that one. So, again, December we'll get all of that next. Oh, I would get this one. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Crisis of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Already has three Supermen set to appear in the crossover, but it sounds like there might be a fourth one. Um, Arrow co-creator Mark Guggenheim mysteriously teased, what makes you think we didn't reach out to Nicolas Cage? It would just be cool if he just had a voiceover or something. Yeah, would it? <laughs> Goodness gracious, man! That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, you know, and obviously, if you weren't already aware, Nicholas Cage uh, wanted really, really bad to do a, uh, a Superman movie, and goes so far as to try to get one produced. And there is a script out there somewhere, but it didn't happen, thankfully. Um. So yeah. Okay. Next up. <laughs> uh, Arrow welcomes back an ally from the past in new synopsis. Uh, that ally would be looks like um, Katana, I guess. I'm not up on the Arrowverse, so I didn't know she was gone. Because I don't think she did pop up one time I saw, and then it, yeah, whatever. So yeah, she, she was only in the first season, right? When they had the Suicide Squad, or the second season? No, I think it was like second or third. Yeah, with the okay. Suicide Squad, whenever that happened, uh, the, the the time and I, and some of them have shown back up, if I'm not mistaken. But she was not amongst it, so I'm not sure. So yeah, so I guess she'll be coming back, and this uh, for a reason. And I guess that uh-huh. means that all of them have come back at this point. Who was an asset thing? Next up, uh, on the Flash, Barry in uh, new photos uh, uh, of the set, uh, Barry meets Jay Garrick's wife and wears his helmet. So sure, that's a that's a. Hey, if you guys are looking for that inside information, wait, Joan Garrick. Yes. Okay. What inside information were you talking about? Uh, that uh, he gets to wear the helmet. 
Oh yeah, which I could have sworn he's he's done before, but I know he's had it before, but not, I don't think I guess he didn't wear it. Uh, anyway, so this is something I found amusing. The Flash finally uses the song we've been waiting five years for, and I forgot to get a sound 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 bite of this, but whatever. Now, if you think about the Flash, and if you're of a certain certain vintage, you might already know. In fact, I've been wondering why they they they've shown so much restraint and not used the song previously to now. But apparently they saved it up for this for this moment because the season premiere, season six premiere, Barry Allen saves Central to Central City to the tune of Flash's theme by Queen, <laughs> uh, which apparently was used to decent effect by Cisco and and crew. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that, even though I'm like a, a season behind. Because again, like I said, I'm sh- almost shocked that they haven't used that before now. But hey, you never know. Next up. All right. Uh, next up, uh, in the new Batwoman series, they're actually wel- welcoming a, a recent addition to Batman's Rogues Gallery, and that is Hush. So uh, apparently in an upcoming episode, uh, Down, 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 uh, Tommy Elliot is going to be introduced. So um, we'll see how that plays out. Um, having Hush be uh, part of Batwoman's rogues gallery in this show. Hmm. Which, not the first time they've done that, because Supergirl has gotten a lot of uh, Superman storylines and villains, so not surprising. Um, Well, they give a lot more freedom, right? Exactly. Because, yeah, I mean, because these characters are basically stand-ins for Batman and Superman, right? Hmm. Right. Right, which is also kind of funny on the Batwoman side of it because they said a few years ago that it was like, nah, no Batman or no Batman family folks are going to be on these Arrowverse shows and turn out. The yeah, they kind of loosened the, uh, they kind of loosened it. Mm-hmm. You know, loosened the reins a little bit. Right. So speaking of Batwoman, Rachel Maddow uh, joined CW series as classic Batman character. Uh, so she will be playing the role of Vesper Fairchild. If okay. you know who that is. That's a deep cut. Yeah, I have heard that name, but I, I I'm not steeped in in the the bat that much to know who that is. But apparently, uh, it says the character would go on to have a romantic relationship with Katie Kate Keen's cousin Bruce Wayne in the comics. So, there we go. Um, also, I guess worth noting before we get into the next one, the, the Batwoman premiere was this past Monday, and I believe they re-aired it, which will come up in a second. But next up. Right. Uh, apparently, the losers who like to troll reviews on Rotten Tomatoes have gotten to Batwoman and they drove the uh, audience score down to uh, low 9%. But it's been positively reviewed. And from what I heard from people who had uh, watched the uh, the pilot, I hadn't seen it yet. Um, they actually uh, had positive things to say about it. So, you know. Screw these guys. Right. So, I mean, and yeah, it's, it's also worth noting, yeah, that happened. And there have been people even going so far back as months back at um, Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, that saw some preview footage were kind of panning it and this and that and the other, you know, leading to some speculations here and there. But it, it is what it is. What it is. So that's not saying that a show's not without problems. However, it's a also a big problem when you have people doing this mess you know because of stupid reasons which we won't necessarily get into yep um and i guess the last part on the batman saga would be batwoman excuse me would be 
Batwoman pilot rebroadcast draws in over a million viewers. Um, it says that, uh, let's see, the, the pilot episode pulled in 1.8 million viewers and garnered a 0.5 rating in the all-important 18 to 49, 49-year-old dem, uh, demographic. Wow. I don't know if that has to do with, well, yeah, I'm assuming that's just um, television and not like, you know, uh, people watching later. Because I think there was another article that pulled some of those numbers in and also watching on um, like CW, um, the CW app or whatever. So I think mm-hmm. that's strictly just TV. So good for that, I guess. Cool. I haven't I have yet to watch it, but because of weird reasons with my television channel. Um, yeah, CW. I know. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Next up, um, CW Seed, the CW's free ad supported digital network announced the voice cast of its new animated series, Deathstroke Knights and Dragons. The 12 episode original series is set to debut in the first quarter of 2020, and it stars primetime Emmy Award winner Michael Chiklis from The Shield and Gotham in the titular role of Slade Deathstroke. Everyone else is listed here, but you know what my response to that is? Who? So uh, we won't go into it, but yeah, oh, come on. There's a couple of names on here that are, that are known. Maybe not to you, but are, are I skimmed known. it. I was like, uh, who? So, <laughs> but yes, Michael Chiklis also of uh, the thing from the Fantastic Four movie, right? Yep. So just had to bring that up because hey, yeah, well, you got to rub salt in the wound. I know, <laughs> of course. Uh, next up, Bizarro TV is coming to make DC Universe even weirder. So, yeah, this was an announcement coming out of New York Comic Con, and apparently Bizarro's getting a TV show on DC Universe. Um, It says here that D-list characters such as Ambush Bug, Space Cabbie, which does looks like a typo, editors, folks, editors, uh, The Creeper, and Slam Bradley are going to show up. It looks like it's an anthology series also, if it buried that. Um, Those are all real characters. In the DC universe, they are absolutely all <laughs> real characters. Good characters, that's saying something different, wow. but they're still put there. They characters. exist. Yes. Next the up, Sam Bradley is a great character. Next up, Danny Distreet. Um, is he? Who, wait, is that a um, Doom Patrol character? Or am I, I don't know. Well, no, I know that, but I mean, Slam Bradley. Is this uh, Slam Bradley Catwoman. a military guy? No, uh, he was in Catwoman. Oh, okay. The Ed Brubaker Catwoman run. He brought him back. He she, he brought him back. The Darwin Cook Ed Brubaker run. <laughs> that wasn't right. me. That was me. I admit it. Anyway, so that is the thing that's going to happen in 2020. Um, there's really nothing else to say about it outside of that. Go figure. Right. I guess we'll know more. We'll find out more later. Alrighty. Next up, uh, DC's announced plans for a sequel to the 2017 animated Justice League Dark film titled uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse. Um, it The original featured uh, live-action Constantine actor Matt Ryan reprising his role in, in, in the animated film alongside Batman and various supernatural DC heroes. So they haven't released a cast or plot synopsis, but uh, we'll see uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse in 2020, and it's going to be available uh, on the DCU app uh, 90 days after the physical release. More than likely, it'll probably be him. 
Um, because he, he is on Legends of Tomorrow. They really should give him his the show back because that DC shoot the uh, NBC show was actually pretty good. Um, weirdest thing about this, and I know Batman is like I know the Batman is a upfront figure, but being that Wonder Woman is heading up Justice League Dark in the comics now, I wonder why they did not use her. We mm. already know why, but you know this was weird. And plus, okay, this came out before that happened anyway. So, or the first one came out before that happened anyway. Next up, speaking of Wonder Woman, uh, Rosario Dawson pays homage to first Latina uh, Wonder Woman. So um, Rosario Dawson's playing Wonder Woman in Wonder Woman Bloodlines, which is the next animated film from um, uh, Warner Brothers. And this will be her sixth time actually playing Wonder Woman. I totally forgot about that. Um, And this is not even counting her role as Artemis in the 2009 Wonder Woman animated series. That one I did know. Um, and uh, she basically goes on to say that um, I was like Linda Carter was Latina I grew up with her and I thought that uh, that that was super awesome it was a different iteration of her but it was also very inspiring and it meant a lot to my grandmother my mother and me so you know paying homage to the queen next Okay, so apparently director of the new Batman movie, Matt Reeves, is uh, putting out uh, a casting call for the new Catwoman and is casting uh, women of color. And uh, uh, several actresses are uh, reportedly up for the role, including Lupita Nyong'o, Tessa Thompson, uh, Gugu Mbatha-Raw, Alexandra Shipp, and uh, Logan Browning. So they are all on the short list for the role. So that's uh, good news. So scrap those last two off the list. I could see anyone, almost any one of those last, those first three doing it out of that okay. list. But I know there have also been people who have been bringing up other names. So we, we, okay. we won't get into. So cool. We'll see how that pans out later when that ever happens. Um, ugh. Joker heads for October record opening of 90 million in North America. I believe they have since made that uh, since this article came out. I believe it's maybe hitting them somewhere where 93. I don't remember and I don't really care. I haven't seen it yet. How about you? No, no, I haven't seen it yet. I, I, uh, I'm probably going to wait till. Yeah, I'm not in a rush. Yep. Yeah, we will have probably yeah. seen it by the time uh, end of the year. We talk, start talking about the end of the year if we're lucky. But probably not then. We know. Who knows? Stay tuned, viewers. Um, all right. Next up on the Joker all right. Front. Next, uh, Joker. Speaking of Joker screenings, Joker screenings canceled in an LA theater, and it's and it closed after a credible threat was made in Huntington Beach, California. Bad job on you, losers. Mm, I believe there was also another, but I didn't put it in a, a lineup because you, know, you get you get the point. Mm, yeah, it's that movie's. And I also didn't right. put. I also don't want to yell out, um, "Kill that fool, you losers!" No, um, while I'm watching the Giants game. Yes, because um, you did it earlier. I have it be story. misconstrued in this uh, news story. Yes. Um, yeah, and also I did not put um, the director's comments on other comments, and nor did I put uh, Mark Maron's stupid behind comments of, uh, against that also, because all that dumb stuff is stupid at this point. Uh, Birds of Prey cast surprises fans at New York Comic Con. So that was kind of cool. I saw um, Gail Simone's um, uh, timeline which, where she met uh, the cast and she was all all uh, to there and it was, it was pretty cool to see. So yeah, apparently um, 
uh, Margot Robbie, uh, Journey Smollett, Bell, Rosie Perez, and Ella J. Basco all uh, rolled up in at um, at um, New York Comic Con. I don't suppose any of you, either one of you, saw them. I, saw, I didn't. I did not. I, uh, but I was pretty excited. I'm pretty excited about this movie. I, I was actually following the Instagrams mm. when they showed up there. Nice. Yeah. I'm. I, after seeing that last trailer, d- despite it being a whole lot of Harley, I'm actually kind of interested in this one, especially for seeing like Rosie Perez and uh, you know and, yeah. and, and other folk in this movie. I'm like, I'm kind of curious to see what they do. Um. So next up. All right, so the CW's upcoming Katie Keene is once again expanding its family, uh, casting Broadway legend Bernadette Peters as a mother figure to Julia Chan's Pepper Smith, one of Katie's close friends and inner circle. Okay. Bernadette Peters, who never seems to age, and I'm not, and I will admit I had a small crush on when I was little. All right. She's like, what, 120 years old? Oh, no! You joke with oh, well, I mean, I mean that is no. that is a joke, but I mean, hey, look, she looks good for whatever age she yeah, is. Yeah, she does. So, again, if you see her now, you see her like the you know in pictures of her from like the jerk. She pretty much looks the same. Mm-hmm. So, good on her. Whatever regimen she and a couple other people like Paul Rudd and them were using this, which I'm yeah, right. Afraid to find out what that is at this point, but good on them. Uh, this is the trailer for HBO's Watchmen series that you've all been waiting for. I don't know who's been waiting for this, but sure, it's out there. Listen, people are excited about this. I was actually, I I, I showed up uh, just when the DC booth had the cast that they had on hand, and Regina King was there, and whoever else that I probably am like, who? who? Up yeah. there. And Don Johnson. I mean, right, I don't know if he was there. Right, I don't know if he was there, to be you honest. You probably wouldn't have recognized him. Well, I mean, I would have, I would have seen, you know, someone who at least seemed passingly familiar. But um, in any event, I did happen to walk by the DC booth when they when they were there signing. So yeah. I, I met Regina King once uh, at a restaurant, <laughs> and nice. uh, and I we were on the bathroom line, and the uh, uh, there was an article about her because uh, they were talking about like two two seven. It was like the anniversary, mm-hmm. so I saw her online, and we were waiting. I was like, um, sorry to bother you big fan great article in human weekly uh she's like oh thank you and then like someone else online was like are you famous <laughs> oh, no. oh no wow did she go into raleigh freeman i mean uh huey freeman <laughs> no oh because i told her also also a fan of her on the boondocks yeah. too so oh my goodness you should have started singing no place like home but um <laughs> i don't know she, she might have called security on that point but who knows Oh my goodness! But yeah, so that's the Watchmen thing, and I also know just to kind of top this Watchmen thing is like I know people. There have been people who are kind of poo pooing it because it's not comic accurate, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But it, hey, whatever, it is what it is. Next, right? Up. So the next story I find interesting: Dominic Monaghan has joined the Resistance for Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, and the reason why I mention it is that he was a very late cancellation to New York Comic Con. I wonder if it wasn't for a late, uh, for for some late uh, last second filming for this. Mm, who knows? Yeah, this is fairly recent news, so that could very well be the case. So he's you two know. for two for big fr- franchises. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, actually, it might be three. I'm not sure. No, 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 no. I, yeah, it's it's pretty. Uh, it, it's pretty. Uh, you know, it, it's pretty telling that you know. Uh, obviously, people 
cancel, you know, stars cancel con- convention appoint- um, appearances all the time. But uh, having this news drop right at the same time, pretty much, hmm. you know, is a little, you know, it seems a bit too much of a coincidence. Yeah. Um, and actually just reminds me that there was a, um, a Journey to Rise of the Skywalker book that came out this week that I totally forgot to read. But that's all right. Well, so some other points. So even way, if you were watching the video, you can see a picture of um, of uh, what potentially could be Dominic's character with a lightsaber and a gun. And a, uh, assuming this this render is what it is, I guess it is, because it's got the logos and all that underneath that. So, all right, cool. Next, oh, actually, that's two pistols, not a lightsaber. Sorry, boop. Next up, uh, speaking of Star Wars, Star Wars is. Wait, Star Wars has joined the Resistance panel's teases event uh, of time jump. So, yeah, apparently there's going to be a time jump in Rise of the Skywalker, which that's not terribly big news in the realm of Star Wars because that has happened on more than one occasion. But um, I guess this one has is a significant one. Um, and this article just goes into what that panel was about. Uh, next. All right, so uh, apparently um, we found out why Star Wars Resistance, the animated series, is ending after two seasons. And apparently it was always planned to tell a two-season story that was intertwined with other things going on in the Star Wars universe, specifically the release of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Did you say something, Matt? Oh, I, I, I didn't know it was going to be only two seasons. It's It's a fun show. Mm. Yeah, I haven't I haven't caught up with it yet, but I've heard decent things for it. Like people were kind of not with it in the beginning, but I guess the people have warmed up to it because the art saddle was kind of trying to some folks. And you know, first seasons yeah, of shows that's like my, this are always kind of my reason for it. Yeah, that's yeah. my reason for not keeping up with it. You got to give it a couple episodes. It took me it took me like four or five episodes to. Yeah, and I kind of heard that because you know any show like this going to have like start starting pains. You know, I mean, hell, Star Trek first seasons are all are notorious for having the whole season kind of be some would say skippable but you know you kind of kind of kind of build build it up so the card's not gonna be the card's not gonna be like that those trailers i hope that's the case yeah we'll and actually we will get to that in uh in a minute actually um so moving right along uh the internet's strange wait a minute did i skip something here or is that it hold on no you have to go to the rollover Wait, I thought I got the rollover. That's what I'm saying. Well, shoot. What did I do? Oh, here we go. I skipped that one. Um, Marvel's Runaways Season 3 trailer teases Magical Mayhem plus Cloak and Dagger. So, yeah, there was a panel at uh, NYCC and there's a Season 3 trailer. And I believe there's also another Cloak and Dagger trailer out there, if I'm not mistaken. And also worth noting that uh, the Runaways... Uh, Cloak and Dagger crossover is going to happen soon, uh, in December to be specific. But yeah, the panel was basically, um, you know, talking about what's co- what's to come, and you know, mm-hmm. roll out this new trailer. Yes. Are either of you uh, up to date on Runaways and uh, Cloak and Dagger? <clears throat> no. Or Cloak and Dagger? No. Runaways the comic, but not the shows. Not the shows. I actually recommend them. Believe it or not, I have heard good op- things about both. Yeah, I had the opportunity, thanks to uh, late access or recent access to Hulu, uh, to catch up on. Um, I don't remember if it was both shows, but definitely Cloak and Dagger. I think was on Hulu, and uh, I was able to catch up on 
Well, actually, no, it might have been both. But in any event, uh, I was able to catch up on uh, both of them and uh, get up to date. And they are, despite the fact that they take several liberties with the source material, they generally are... Um, uh, maintain the gist of the character and you know most of the gist of the stories that we are accustomed to knowing as kind of like the core uh storylines for these characters and to see them cross over uh is pretty cool and i think um cloak and dagger is the original runaways of the marvel universe it's only logical and they've done it in the comics as well mm-hmm. um, to cross these uh sets of characters over so it's pretty cool that um two quality shows and I don't say that lightly. Two quality shows um, are able to uh, put their cast together and uh, c- hopefully come up with something cool. Yeah. So if you haven't checked that out or, you know, got your Disney Plus thing about to roll out, then, hey, work it out. One of these days I'll be, I'll be um, because like I said, I've heard enough good things about it to kind of want to check out, to uh, catch up, but I haven't. So, right. Uh, next up. Right. So the ensemble cast of uh, Marvel's Hellstrom Hulu series, the one Marvel Hulu series that is apparently moving forward, has been announced. And it follows siblings and supposed serial killer offspring Damien, Damon Hellstrom, played by Tom Austin, and Anna Hellstrom, played by Sidney Lemon, a collective who... And uh, they're plagued by their family background. The Hellstroms will pursue the world's vilest of the vile with some family drama of their own. I, I'm, assume, I'm going to assume that's Satana, right? I think that's, so. That is the, yeah. That's the end goal of that. Yeah. I um, think so. So, yeah. And the rest of the, if you're watching the video, you can see a picture of the rest of the cast and who they're playing. And as uh, Agent 7 has already said, ooh. so, yeah. Next oh. up. Hopefully you'll, they'll reprint. Um, you know, I I have the issues, but reprint the Warren Ellis um, Hellstorm run, which um, I don't know revitalized the character uh, in the nineties. Mm. If you guys haven't read it, it's really good. Oh, there you go. Oh. He's definitely been getting some play lately. Yeah. To to what end recently? But you know, we'll see how that plays out. Um, WandaVision takes inspiration from King and Walter's vision. Uh, limited series, cool. which to that I say, as it should, even though Wanda was not that big of a part of it. So, yeah. Um, apparently, uh, Tom King was at a, a, a panel for DC <laughs> of all things when he's when he uh, when he mentioned that that was the case. So that was uh, funny. Um, he just basically says that the way this got start, this started was I did this story called The Vision for some of the company, and I got very lucky because it came success, uh, came a good success, and they're making a TV show out of it. He said so. And that was pretty much that. Cool. Next. Alrighty, so you can pre-order the Marvel's Infinity Saga Blu-ray box set at Best Buy for the grand total of. $549.99. Now, if you've been keeping track, that is pretty much the same price as that Unicron Transformers figure that we have been talking about. However, you, one would argue that you get a way better value out of this than that. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm saying some people. <laughs> I'm not saying everybody. Well, well here's the thing. 
if you've been buying the thing is if you've been <laughs> buying these movies as they've been released you're essentially at the same point right the one thing that feige has teased is that there are um bonuses that come with the set right so um we will see if those become available separately or if uh there are other means of obtaining them. Right. And but, in fact, uh, if you're watching the video, you can see uh, some of the, it looks like all of the exclusive bonuses that are, that are coming with this thing. All right. Not as cool as the Unicron. I was about to say, did you see the Unicron live? Like of course the, he has. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw it at San Diego Comic-Con. And I oh, I didn't, yeah, I was about to say, I didn't see it until New York. And that thing is impressive. I posted it, some pics on my uh, Instagram feed. Yeah, they hey. gave me the Transformers. People told me all about it, and it, it literally they designed the, the the transformation just like the movie. Right. Mm. Oh, nice. Mm. So mm. I okay. I'm going to say this again. I'm not specifically saying that I would find very valuable, but I'm just well. Actually, I could say that because you can rewatch those movies. Unicron is what it is. But at the same time, my thoughts on that Unicron has been well known through this program. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> all right. Uh, you got next. Edward Norton discusses his hope plans and how they aligned with Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight films. And what? I'm just going to editorialize and say that I'm not sure if that would be a good thing. But yeah, Edward Norton pretty much came out there and said that yeah, he basically had plans to do more than the movie, the uh, Incredible Hulk movie that he ended up doing. Um, yeah, and being that that didn't happen. It is what it is. And obviously, you know, some of that is kind of stimulus for the fact that he was reportedly not easy to work with. Okay, Edward Norton, you know what I have to say to that? But yeah, he says here um, he was looking forward to and how brand's plans broke down due to creative differences. The second film was pitched as a darker, more serious Hulk movie. So some would say that might have been precursor to Mortal Hulk. Uh, that's me saying that, not him. But um, and he likened it to what Christopher Nolan was doing with the Batman franchise. You wish, but anyway, uh, I have made my, my my myself known on the Christopher Nolan movies, and I love Christopher Nolan movies. But okay, I'm, I'm not sure that's the the goal you want to go to, largely. But hey, do you? Next up, next up, Brie Larson is pushing for an all female Marvel team movie. You go, girl. A Force, yes. Let that happen. So yeah, apparently that it. She told Variety that uh, she kind of wanted to do that, and they're pushing for it. And you know, we'll see if that actually ever happens. Next, um, I would like y'all to know, by the way, before we go into further, that there's a lot of move, news that um, more than this stuff that gets pushed next week. So if it sounds like it's old, then you'll know why. Marvel sued over X-Men, the animated series theme song. I think they should take that up with Whitney Houston first, but that's just me. <laughs> By that Hungarian composer, right? Uh, yes, Zoltan Christo, Crisco, excuse me, is suing Marvel Entertainment and others for the copyright infringement due to the song similarities to the theme of a Hungarian cop show from the 80s called Linda, which is a weird name that's for a cop so show. Silly, but yeah. That, that's a deep cut. Yeah, right. Um, and why now? Like well, that, that's that, that's not even a question. But um, it's apparently that show ran from eighty four to ninety one, and of course the as we know the the X Men anime series ran from ninety two to ninety seven. Again, I will still say I'm your baby tonight by Whitney Houston is probably the precursor <laughs> to 
basement <laughs> series theme song because if you put those together they will match up pretty nicely oh, i'm just saying especially in the hook. that's just me i've been saying that for a couple of years now you fight me uh, listen i was about to say it's all over youtube but um oh, is it? it yeah apparently there i mean that that's been a long running um that's been a long running gag I've not. Uh, hey, look, I as one one of the people who have been saying that for for years upon years, I've never heard it. So I need to go seek yeah. it out. Um. All right. Next, next up, up, um, James Gunn and more directors have taken issue with Martin Scorsese calling Marvel movies <clears throat> not cinema. Okay, Martin. I wasn't going to bring this up, but whatever, it plays into uh, the next thing. Just uh, you know, you, you 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 do your own thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, some people don't like his movies either, and you know, some and calling it a theme park is not necessarily a bad thing. Cause people like theme parks, but yeah, you don't want to go to the, whatever. Score seasons is probably. A, there's also I will point out because I didn't put that in the article. Uh, I mean, in the news lineup that there was rumored that he was um wanting to oh. do Batman. The Joker movie. The Joker movie, excuse me, yes. Or one of them, yes. So, and since that didn't happen, some would argue that this could be sour grapes on his part. We don't know. I don't care. Next up, um, Ryder Bredowney Jr. on why he didn't uh, want an Oscar nod for Tony Stark role, which, weirdly enough, comes off of uh, Scorsese's um, comments. So he was on Howard Stern of all places, um, and also there was uh, apparently he almost got into a fight in the groom room before that show, so, which is another article I saw. But regardless, he was on um, he was on Howard Stern, and he was asked about Scorsese's comments, and you know he he said his piece about him. He basically said that hey, you know he's got his point, whatever. Um, you know, movies ain't for everybody. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. <clears throat> And then it goes on to say, it's like, hey, the, you know, they ask him about the Oscar nod thing. And he says, uh, I'm so glad you brought it up because there's been some talk about putting his name in for an, an acting Oscar. And he said, let's not. Uh, doing the MCU films was their own reward, he says. I don't know that the, it's the time or if I'm that guy to have the Academy recognized. Which. Good on him, I guess. No, that's a all right. Interesting He's piece of self awareness. So what? Laughing. I know, right? He's yeah, he's like, you don't need the Oscar. He's already got, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care. Basically. Right. Next up. Next up, uh, Wowzers. Disney's developing a new live action take on 1980s animated series Inspector Gadget centering on the clumsy cyborg police inspector. Probably not going to uh, be Matthew Broderick again. Yeah, Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel, writers on Saturday Night Live, have Ooh. been uh, uh, <laughs> Tapped us to pen the script, and you beat me to it because I was going to finish the sentence with who? Mm-hmm. And also Aladdin, the live action um, Aladdin producers Dan Lin and Jonathan Eirich, uh, I guess, are producing this thing. And I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's still going to be under Disney's banner since the last one was, and I guess they still have that license. <clears throat> so, yes. Inspector Gadget's owned by Canadian uh, animation Deke, right? company. Uh, DHX or something like that. Okay. It, I, I think, yeah, I think they bought Deke. Oh. Oh, okay. So that's what happened in Dale. Okay. Uh, those of a certain vision uh, vintage knows the company Deke really well. And I say it like that because it sounds too similar to something else that we won't say. Right. Well, that's um, how you pronounced it in the, uh, you know, in the, the sign-off. That is also right? true, yes. Uh, Amazon's Paper Girls. 
recruiting writer's room. So apparently, um, well, none of us on this pa- panel have read Paper Girls, I believe. Oh, Tim... no, I... oh you have. Okay. I'm reading it, yeah. I, I haven't read the last trade, though. Okay. Okay. So one of the per- people on this panel uh, have been, well, Tim was in the beginning, now that I remember, but you know, I don't, I don't, I think he may have fallen off of it or something. I'm not sure, but regardless, they are making a movie about it, and we've talked about that. And um, they are trying to, I guess, what Dev Patel has been cast to play grandfather. Hmm. And uh, let's see, the four, the four leads. Uh, Vaughn would like Amazon to hire complete unknowns, quote unquote. And there's no release date because they're still kind of putting this stuff together. But they do have a showrunner, and they're, as the article said, they're trying to get together a writer's room. So, cool. Next up, uh, apparently this was there, we have a link to the latest promo teaser of the CBS All Access show Star Trek Picard. As a matter of fact, you can put the next one to take the next one also, since it's sort of like right. It. And the Star Trek Picard trailer ends up. Um, uh, lets us catch up with uh, the several actors from the next generation, several characters from Star Trek The Next Generation. It was a good trailer. I, I dare say. It was quite a good trailer. I'm looking forward to this. I wasn't... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's not really else to say. Like, it was a good trailer, and if you like Next Generation, like Picard, hey, it's it's all home week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, next up... Oh, right. Um, Star Trek Picard, we've already said, and Discovery Season 3 get trailers uh, at uh, New York Comic Con. The reason why I put this in here is because Discovery got a trailer also uh, coming out of New York Comic Con. And I'm going to actually take uh, the next one after that, or the next two after that. Because um, Star Trek Discovery Season 3 will jump forward in time a big significant jump in time and there was a, and on the panel they explained apparently um, what that in, is going to entail so I think news did already break that they're going to jump 930 years into the future which I still am not entirely sure where that puts it in the Star Trek timeline and I'm not even up on Discovery uh you know, to, to get to that point yet, so it doesn't really matter. But nevertheless, it's a time jump. Uh, Sneaker Martin Green is beautiful. And uh, there is another Star Trek shorts, which they've started back up again, which reveals Spock's first day on the Enterprise uh, with Rebecca, uh, Rebecca Romain. I almost called her Stamos, but I know she's not going by that name anymore. <laughs> so yeah, there's a Star Wars shirt uh, out there and uh, features Spock. And uh, apparently it's um, it's it's good. I don't I don't have CBS All Access anymore, so I need to get that back. Next up, all righty. Apparently, a documentary about the career of Spawn creator and Image Comics co-founder Todd McFarlane is coming to Sci-Fi or Sci-Fi. <laughs> that joke never gets old. Yeah. So apparently, um, it's called uh, McFarlane a Do- documentary because that's an original name. Will air on Sci-Fi and streaming services before the year's end and I'm doing air quotes like you can see me and there's a trailer for it if you are so inclined alright so, cool uh, next up um, so the judge charges off uh, the tosses excuse me that's a poor choice of wording uh, judge tosses Vic Vignona's final claims against Funimation so if you've been following this um, 
the the voice actor of Vic uh, Mignong Mignog, uh, Mignog and you know what? Screw it, dude. Um, I, I'm terrible right now. Names just late. He filed a suit past April. It got thrown out. Uh, the last suits prior to this one got thrown out because the fans of um, Mr. Vic. Uh, threatened the judge, and therefore the judge was like, uh, no, I'm throwing all of this out. So thanks, fans, for that. And now this last set um, of claims, because that that he brought against Funimation and um, several voice cast members, who apparently um, he basically, the suit was a defamation of character because he was um, alleged to have been harassing, sexually harassing um, a couple of co-workers. Uh, to the point to where those couple of people um, are not uh, going to cons as the same cons as him. And uh, he has brought charges up against him, which, like I said, has uh, not been going the way he would want them to. So, tis what it is. Okay. Um, next up. Next up, uh, in the She-Ra and the Princesses of Power Season 4 trailer, heroes and villains apparently rise up. So uh, check out the link and watch the trailer. Yeah, it's been four seasons already. It seemed like the show just came out. Hmm. Um, I hear good things. Haven't caught it yet. Uh, but another... Well, so that's not anime news. Whatever. Netflix gives Cowboy Bebop fans hope by casting an actual Corgi as Ayn. So yes, that is half the puzzle I was waiting to hear. About I'm still kind of suspect about this this uh, version of Cowboy Bebop because it's Netflix, but you know so far they've been making some fairly decent choices. Uh, still don't know who's playing um, Ed. That's my big thing. But everybody else is, seems to be all right on this. And if you watch the video, you can see the picture of it. But there's a little video uh, from Netflix, you know, showing the the corgi rolling into the the writers' room, and it's very cute. Next. All right. Uh, next up, a couple of years ago, it was announced that uh, Steven Spielberg was teaming up with Hulu to revive <laughs> Animaniacs. Well, today, uh, some news. Well, earlier this week, uh, some news came out that the original voice cast is coming back to reprise their roles. That includes Rob Paulson as Yakko, Tress McNeil as Dot, and Jess Harnell as Wacko. And we, you know what we have to say to that? Hello. Thank you. I'm so glad you used that one. And yes, they're not stupid because they know people would riot. <laughs> it's so. true. It's true. I mean, listen, all of these voice actors are still well able to uh, perform these duties. So why not have them back? Mm-hmm. And if you're watching the video, you can see a, an Instagram or well, I guess it's a Twitter picture of them all together. So... That's dope, and I'm looking forward to seeing this. Actually, almost made me want to um, go and revisit Animatics, but I just but I remember I don't have Hulu. Next yeah, up, is on Hulu. yeah. Uh, hey, guess what, folks? There is a video game that just came out this week called John Wick Hex. It is a tactical strategy game. It's kind of cool, but that has nothing to do with this next story, except for the fact that John Wick is getting a female-focused spinoff that is somehow not about Halle Berry's character. Um, I still have yet to see chapter three, so please no spoilers yet. I don't know why I haven't watched it yet, but regardless, uh, apparently, um, then Wiseman has signed on to direct a spinoff that is about the battle arena. 
if that name sounds from it sounds means something to you then great uh and it's written on spec by the somebody and you know what they're they're pretty much fast tracking it sounds like so i guess they're, they're outside of the other couple of uh john wick movies that we know are coming there's going to be a spinoff okay sure next Alrighty, uh, there's a report that Sony may sell Masters of the Universe movie to Netflix. That is a rumor that's out there. Mm-hmm. To which, I don't know if it will be in better or worse hands. And yes, I recognize that I'm still going off of that questionable um, 80s version. With Dolph Lundgren? Yep. I it's Part of it is kind of sort of endearing, but it's not a great movie. It is not a great movie at all. Anyway, we'll see how that turns out because, like I said, it's just a rumor at this point. Um, and actually, something we didn't bring up, well, actually, we kind of alluded to something along the lines, but whatever. Um, the Matrix 4 is uploading loading Aquaman and Us star Yaha Abdul Mateen II um, for this movie, which I'm going to put it out there. He's probably going to be an operator. Just That's just my guess. Okay. We don't know because there's nothing next to saying what his role is going to be, but he's going to be in the next Matrix movie. So, cool. Maybe he's going to play, play Dozer's other brother. I don't know. No. We don't, we don't know. <laughs> Speaking of uh, uh, offside notes, um, Undercover Brother 2 is going to have a sequel. Why? Yes, it's going straight to video. I, did, I didn't put, obviously, it's not necessarily comic book based, although I think there was one. I, I don't remember regardless. But regardless, Michael J. White. Um, is going to be the the the, the title character. Nice. So, go forward that, and I think that's coming out relatively soon. Okay, uh, it's on my Betamax. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> it probably will be out on Betamax. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> nice, folks. Betamax was like you know, anyway. Um. Okay, now we're about to go into the um, comic book news, but before we do that really quick, I want to bring up uh, something from the clickbait section, which was um, the Internet Strangers Superhero Songs, and this basically this article has to do with um, so Marvel folks had a bunch of uh, um, cartoons back in the 60s uh, of notable characters, and probably a couple of unnotable characters, who knows, but regardless, but this uh, this article is about the music and the folks who made the music for these things, and including um, some other recordings that they made around that same time uh, on the Marvel branding. You should check that out if you are quite interested, because it's some good stuff. So, and that's all I'll say about that. So now we can get into the comic news. All Actually, right, excuse I mean, me. Let me phrase that. Let me phrase that. We're before we get into the comic news, we're going to actually take a small aside and talk about uh, Agent Seventy and Matt Wing's uh, sojourn into New York Comic Con. Yes, I was about to say. I'm like, let's uh, let's talk about this now, so that we yeah, that's, that was that was the plan. But keep yeah. uh, Matt Wang too late tonight. Um, Matt, I know that we both had four day tickets and we both used them. There we go. No, no, I just wanted to make sure that we had the video all set up. So since we both used our four-day tickets uh, in the sense that we went at least, I think we went at least three, if not all four days, 
I, I, I was there all four days. Yeah, I was there all four days too. And that was, it's not a first, but I definitely utilized my Thursday and Friday days a little bit better than I had in the past. Although not well enough to get a signature from Frank Miller, apparently. Because you have to get there early in the morning to get a, you know, a ticket from the um, from their table to get a sign, you know, to 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 get there for a signing, you know. Just, that's, just, uh, just go to Midtown Comics on a Tuesday night, and you'll see Frank Miller there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, whether or not he's willing to uh, to sign some books is another story. So, mm-hmm. but um, just uh, I just wanted to talk about what uh what we did maybe each day just go chronologically um on thursday um i actually accomplished a decent amount of stuff and i actually have a pretty good story about what i did on thursday i brought some stuff to get signed and it was my first time successfully getting mark silvestri's um autograph uh he is a comic book artist most well known for his run on uncanny x-men and his creator-owned book cyberforce and don't forget wolverine he was on wolverine oh yes he did have an extended run on wolverine with larry hama for 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 a, a good chunk um uh the story i have about that is that um i happened to get to the line at a at a decent time it wasn't very long uh, when I got to it and I asked this gentleman, excuse me, is this the back of the line for Mark Silvestri? And what do I get back? One of the things that you always get back in New York, which is no English. And I did not pick up an accent or the, or, or, or a strong accent in the no English. All I heard was no English. Thankfully, some dude who got on the line after me helped me translate because he spoke Spanish. This gentleman was from Argentina. And while we were killing time on the line, I got to see what he had um, prepared to get signed. And it was literally three of the same books that I had, which were, you know, books from early, early Silvestri, like Silvestri's first um, X-Men work and two books out of Fall of the Mutants. So what happens? We get to it's our turn to finally uh, get our book signed. And he's in front of me, you know. I, it, it's tough being, you know, in a, in a, in a foreign country where you don't speak the language. I, I definitely uh, have been in that um, situation before. So when I saw this gentleman pass his books up, you know, uh, Silvestri does the whole, you know, hi, how you doing? And the, and the dude just nods. I jump in just to help him out. And I say, Hey, this dude came all the way from Argentina. And would you believe he's got three of the exact same books I've got? All I only came from Brooklyn and, you know, we've got the same exact books to get signed. And it was a kind of a, you know, it was a warm moment because, um, you know, it shows you how uh, universal, uh, you know, uh, comic fan, you know, how universal the, uh, the fandom of comics can be, you know, and how the art form brings us all together. And it was pretty cool. And Sylvester got a kick out of it. So much so that when I went to see him again for another signature, uh, like two days later, he still remembered it and got a kick out of it. Why, why did you tell me I met him at San Diego 2018 and uh, he's friends of a friend with a friend of mine. And 
Yeah. I, you know I, me. I, I'm always hitting, you know, I, I've got a list of, you know, uh, tables to get to. So I would have, I would have come by and said, tried to say hello. Like, yeah. you know, like I'm Keith's friend. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, you know, what's funny is that before this, there had only been one other op- I had only had one other opportunity to get something signed by him. He was at a top cow table some years back. I can't remember exactly when, and I had missed the window for his signatures and I wasn't able to, ch- to circle back uh, again to um, the top cow table for, uh, for the next signing or, or the next day or whatever. And um, it was, you know, like you said, I don't think Silvestri has been on the con circuit for a while. He only does usually like he'll do San Diego and then he usually sticks to the West coast. Right. Cause he, so, he lives in um, uh, LA. Gotcha. So it was pretty cool to see him out, uh, out here in New York. And he said, you know, he'll be back again next year, which, you know, which is a, which is a good sign. But uh, I had a real great time uh, getting his signature on uh, on my books. What was your Thursday like? Um, just kind of pounding the pavement. I had to go to um, Artist Alley to uh, drop off a commission, which you kindly picked up for me Sunday. Yes, um, I have it. I'll br- I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll bring it to you on Sunday. Sure. And um, uh, do you have do you, you want to show show people? Sure, I'll pull it out. Give me one moment. One moment. I've got to, um, while, while you go ahead, I'll grab it. And, uh, you know, I've just kind of walked in the floor saying hello to people, um, you know, going to various booths. Uh, my buddy has a Gundam booth there. Um, you know, he's, you know, if you need Gundam in New York, yeah, I talked to my buddy Ray. Wait, are and, you into Gunpla? Uh, not me, but oh. a little bit. I have a couple. But if you need a hookup, hmm. I know a guy. Oh, shoot. Uh, <laughs> Of course, and, <laughs> of course he does yeah really um i hit a couple uh boots that i want um uh that i want to get stuff at and uh yeah and that was it and then i hit artist alley a little bit but i was only on the, i was only there for a couple hours gotcha and then, uh, uh like i just missed you like i left and i like literally just missed you because i had to be i i i had to rush home to uh get where it t- put on a tux right yeah yeah wang had some social plans afterwards um i didn't get there until the middle of the afternoon so and this is the sketch that uh wang got of uh all right let me put the focus on you boop okay from uh uh, you know colleen doran uh doran sorry i always Mm -hmm. always mispronounce her name and uh she Uh-oh, loves doing Legion, and I, I, I have twin girls, yeah. so I got twins. I got Lightning Last and Lightning Lad. There it is. Five years later. So. It's pretty cool. You said it was Carleen Doran? Yeah. It's yeah. pretty cool in person. And she was super nice. Oh, yeah. She was, she was, and she was super nice about me. Not, you know, I was definitely gently, not harshly, because I know what it's like to churn out these commissions, you know, over the course of the, the con weekend just gently checking in on her not pestering her at all to to see if it was done on sunday but i'll get to that when i talk about sunday um uh let's see um i also saw j scott campbell on thursday and uh the line was long but i ended up with a cool signature in a paint marker it's of amazing spider-man 30 and you can see it's the light blue um signature that's uh across um across the bottom of the uh, the cover and, uh, you know, I joked with him that he was using these paint, these Sharpie paint markers that 
in New York City you have to show ID for because they think you're gonna, you know, they're gonna, they think that you're if they if they suspect that you might be underage that you're gonna go use them to go tag something, bomb a train so, or something. Yeah. Exactly. So it was pretty cool. Um, got him to sign that, and I got uh, a print uh, from J. Scott Campbell of uh, Gwen Stacy. This is actually a fast forward to um, my Sunday. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, that oh, shit. Out for me. Thursday was the day I walked around with our, our with friend Joe. Joanne. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, if for those of you who don't know, um, we have a mutual friend who, who owns a, uh, a chain of uh, stores in New York called Pearl River. Um, you know, very focused on kind of Pearl River Mart. Shout record. out to Pearl River Mart. You have mentioned that previously. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, she was looking to stock uh, merchandise. And uh, we walked around Artist Alley, met a couple artists that she'll highlight in her gallery. Um, but then, you know, walked around looking at different displays and different things that she can probably wholesale, uh, buy wholesale for her sure. store. And uh, she introduced me to a friend of hers, uh, Jerry, over at Epic Props. Um, they had cool Jeremy Lin t-shirts. Um, uh, actually met... Like uh, one of the campaign managers for Andrew Yang running for president. Oh, and, no uh, kidding. Yeah. Um, and it turns out he's got this guy, Jerry, is friends with like Larry Hama, Walt Simonson, and like all these artists. And that's why he had all these artists coming through his booth, which leads to our Friday. Yeah, that leads to our Friday. Uh, just to, to wrap our discussion on Thursday, it wasn't sold out. And uh, Reed Pop, the organizers of New York Comic Con, were definitely pushing uh, to try to get Thursday sold out. But I don't think they succeeded. But it definitely seemed pretty crowded, even though they weren't sold out of uh, tickets for Thursday. Based on what I saw. I don't know. How did you feel about it? Um, you know, after, you know, I talked to a lot of vendors and companies there, and uh, they thought foot traffic was really good and people were there to spend money. Sure. And um, people, you know, I was there like most of the afternoon, uh, the, like late morning afternoon, and everything was packed. People had their wallets out. People mm-hmm. were buying stuff. The food court, the food trucks, everything was packed. Yeah. And uh, everyone saying, was saying they were blowing through their Thursday target numbers. And that's not that, that's definitely not an isolated uh, event. I definitely ran into several. Um, artists and vendors that mentioned that they had, you know, sold out of certain things that they had allotted for um, for Thursday. Um, you know, uh, you know, like if they had uh, des- if they had decided to uh, set quotas on certain things, they had blown through the Thursday quota, including the um, the uh, the the show program. Believe it or not, they ran out of the show programs that they had allotted for Thursday. Um, I went around looking for one and they didn't have any. They had plenty for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, mm-hmm. but they had completely blown out of their uh, allotment of programs for Thursday, probably because I'm um, looking for a copy of my program now um, because it was um, the cover was done by Art Adams and it's a really nice cover. And I'm looking for my copy, and I still don't have it handy. But anyway. Friday, Friday was more the same, just uh, walking around, um, you know, Artist Alley, uh, hitting boots I couldn't uh, hit before, trying to find Greg Pack. That guy was hard to find for me. <laughs> really? <laughs> every, I, every time I went, he was never around. <laughs> um, but, 
and um, same thing. You know, I think it was very it was very crowded uh, in a good way. Uh, it sounded like people were spending money, and uh, people were excited to be there. Um, I tried didn't wait on a lot of lines, but uh, just still continued to catch up with people and uh, got my Walt uh, Larry Hama sketch and uh, Walt Simonson autograph and, uh, you know, connected with Agent 70 and yes. realized he needed to get one and there was no line. This was the one day that we actually met up because our mm-hmm. schedules almost always don't intersect on uh, New York Comic Con weekend. We only ever cross paths when we're in between getting our stuff done. And uh, this one uh, particular opportunity I had noted on my schedule and Matt was kind enough to contact me and say, hey, Walt Simonson has no one online in front of him right now. So I busted it all the way over there. I actually was with um, uh, another mutual friend of ours, former guest of the show, Crystal Velasquez. Okay, cool. And... Uh, we busted over to uh, Walt Simonson's signing at the Epic uh, Props, Epic, Epic Props, Props booth, and um, I got there, and it was shocking to me that there literally was one person in front of Walt, uh, in front of me. So it was pretty. Uh, it, it was pretty cool that um, the timing worked out because, and Matt is fond of reminding me of this. Uh, he saved me at least an hour of wait time because <laughs> apparently the IDW line that uh, everyone was kind of preparing for turned out to be a very long wait because John Byrne was on the same you know signing panel and the, you know apparently it was a very long wait and I was very fortunate to get in when uh, Walt had uh, um, uh, a bit of space in his schedule and he signed the one thing i kind of regret bringing but not only because it's freaking heavy and it's so big and i didn't drive on friday um which i was kind of not i mean listen i wasn't gonna park all day in the city to do this but i thought i, I thought maybe i'd bring it on saturday but i knew walt only had half a schedule on saturday this is the artist edition uh of walt simonson's mighty thor and i got him to sign this sucker and he did a pretty cool sketch for me inside. That's so cool. The nice. first page. He's so nice. Yeah, he's awesome. I've gotten a lot of stuff signed by him, gotten a lot of sketches, but this one ranks way up there. I learned a couple things uh, when I was chatting with him. He has a lot of his original art. He has not sold that because I've always wondered like, why I don't see it out in the art market. Right. He says, you know, he splits it with the inkers, so sometimes the inkers are putting it for sale, but he he personally has a lot of like his store stuff. So I think it's like all his stuff. And uh sometimes he'll do stuff for Heroes Initiative or other charities. Right. And he'll do a sketch. Um and that's where you'll see some of his art uh out for sale. Yep, yep, cool. yep. So um Matt, do you have any other Friday stories? I've got a quick one. But it's a good one. Uh, I'm just trying. Uh, you know, Larry Hammer was just 
don't yeah. know. He was very grumpy with me, but he did it. He did it. <laughs> Larry Hama has gotten more grumpy apparently, uh, but he because uh, uh, but he's very cool about um, uh, uh, about sketches. Um, but he's definitely gotten more grumpy uh, in his older age. I think he he uh, he always makes me laugh when I go up to see him though. So I but uh, he he chuckled when I said I got his action figure. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> very nice, very very nice. Um, I'd say that uh, Friday was definitely crowded. I saw lots more cosplay Friday than Thursday. Um, there's plenty of jokers around. I saw some boy the boys uh, cosplay. Um, if you go to my Instagram at uh, agent underscore seventy, you'll see some of these photos of uh, the Friday cosplay, including the. A phenomenal, and my pictures do not do it justice because I didn't take like um, a full panorama view of the King Godzilla in armor with the Ooh. Queen uh, Mothra. It was a husband and wife team. And if you go to my Instagram, you'll see it. And my pictures do not do them justice because I couldn't get a wide enough shot mm-hmm. of the, the Godzilla armor, you know, like kind of the King armor or the knight armor that he was wearing. And it was so creative. I heard um, the Godzilla stuff was selling really well. My friend who who's the Gundam guy, okay, he, he basically sold uh, all of his Godzilla stuff in like the first two days. Oh, that's wonderful. That's good news. That's good news. Oh, I, I met one other person. I met Bill Sinkowich. I shook his hand. And nice. I, nice. I picked up his uh, – he had a new um, uh, art book, and uh, he signed it to Matt. That was pretty exciting. Nice. Cool, cool. So speaking of meeting someone, um, I did see a, a great Orion and a, and a cool silk, silk specter that uh, and a prowler that you'll see in those pics on uh, on Instagram. I actually met DMC, uh, uh, one third of uh, the group Run DMC. Yet again, this is not my first time meeting him, but um, one of the funniest parts about this in this particular interaction is is that it was uh, near the end of the day. And uh, D was hawking copies, paperback copies of his book, uh, 10 Ways Not to Commit Suicide. There's a pretty, uh, I, I hadn't started it yet, but it, it seems pretty heartfelt. And um, he signed it to me. And when I took uh, pictures with him that you'll see on Instagram, my dunderhead left my copy of the book on his table and walked oh, away. Oh, no. But there's a happy ending, though, because they picked it up. They were looking for me, apparently. And when I circled back to them, they had already gone. But they had it for me the next morning at, uh, on Saturday, which was awesome. And they remembered me right away. They were like, yo, uh, we were looking for you for a hot second. But, but I was so very glad that they kept it. And it was a, it was a, it was a great ending to that story. I, I saw I saw that picture of you and uh, DMC and uh, and uh, I was joking to myself I'm like hey, he looks kind of uh, grumpy in his in his b boy stance. <laughs> no, he's always, I've seen him a lot. He's no, I mean I mean, I mean Agent Seventy, not DMC, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> but no, yeah, I didn't do a full b boy stance. I but yeah, I should have. Yeah. I should have. I didn't even think about it because <laughs> I, you know, I honestly had you know I'd met him before, so like the the wonder of it really hadn't sunk in. But I was like, you know, it, it was just the end of the you know it was the end of his day. It was the end of my day because Artist Alley doesn't close until eight. But I think he was busting out at like six thirty, mm-hmm. and 
um you know it was you know that's what happens when you know there's a rush to things so you kind of get caught up in it and you know next thing you know i had left my book but oh you know it all worked out in the end yeah how oh, gmc comes it comes back to heroes con and, and i actually get to go did you notice in artist alley this year the change with um people's signs i noticed that a lot of artists that were staying together definitely had sponsored signs there were there were groups you know like people who were under um i guess a unified banner that maybe got a block you know they might have been like um artist agents you know that's what i kind of figured they were like agencies that had or maybe even artist collectives that had banded together to put their uh, group of artists in one in one group like um sean chen bernard chang and there's a couple of other um uh, artists that uh, i've always seen traditionally sit together oh, no. they, yeah they, yeah they always do yeah right and they definitely try to sit together, but I definitely saw more of that this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, so because when you said sponsored, I thought you meant like a brand or something. That's not. They felt like there was like their agent was sponsoring sure. them or something was sponsoring. Right, so them. they could all sit together as a group. Hmm, interesting. Okay, um, so it's where are we at Saturday. Yes, or Saturday. Saturday. So. Um... Saturday is always a stupendously crowded because it's the Saturday of the con. Um, you know, I went to, I went to go see, uh, Silvestri and, um, during the, actually, uh, the first thing that happened during that day was a gigantic favor done for me by another mutual friend of, uh, uh, uh minds and mats. And that is our good friend, Dave Lefkowitz who had won uh, the lottery for the McFarlane signature. And wouldn't you know, they set a stupid limit of one item per winner of the lottery. Oh, wow. One item. So what does he do? He gets my item signed. Nice. Oh, that was nice of him. Yes. And I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Way too nice of him um you know to to get to the con and to get and to get my stuff signed um you know i felt like uh this meant more to us uh collectively than you know getting a a spawn number one sign no offense to spawn but you know you know this was you know this this is so iconic that I, I I suspect maybe that's why, you know, in, in addition to Dave being stupendously nice and cool, I suspect maybe that's why he got this signed instead. So shout out to Dave Lefkowitz. He's not on social media, but, um, you know, shout out to him. I'll make sure to tell him to uh, tune in uh, to the show and, and, and check out our shout out to him. Yeah. I, yeah, I saw you guys briefly at the Entertainment Earth booth because I had to do a drive-by. That's right. That's another thing we did early. So talk about like, you know, my schedule starting to get come together uh, over the weekend. Um, one of the lotteries I won uh, was for Entertainment Earth. Dave won uh, one as well. And luckily, Entertainment Earth let me buy the one, the, the, the lottery item I won early, which is the limited edition Smackdown Gold Funko of the Rock. <laughs> and uh luckily they let me get it early because i had a panel later in the day and i didn't want to waste time and be late to a panel because i was trying to buy a gold rock funko at the entertainment earth booth and they were gracious enough to let me buy it early when i was online with dave Lefkowitz. 
it, was this the first time they were there? Because they're usually a big presence in San Diego, but this felt like I, I don't think I've ever seen them in New York Comic Con before. They have, but I think this is the first time that they organized the lottery through the ticketing, you know, through the okay. main ticketing lottery. But I I might be incorrect. They might have been, you know, they might have done it before. I think mm-hmm. I I suspect they've done it before. Uh, so I will go so far as to say that, folks, if you are not watching the video, this would probably be a good reason to watch because you would have seen pretty much everything um, Agent 70 is presenting. Yes. Um, you didn't spend too much because spend too much of the of your time on Saturday, unfortunately, because, uh, you know, because of your drive by um, schedule. But um, I had a pa- I had gotten into a panel on Saturday Um but I also had a chance to speak at length at the end of the day to Chris Claremont of oh, all people. So right. Jealous. And I see the thing is I, I I've, I've spoken to Claremont and gotten his autograph long before he started charging and he's up his prices. Now it's 10, uh, a signature, which is I think a little steep, but it matches some of the, some of the, uh, the higher end prices. Now um, I got him to sign uh, because I got Mark Silvestri to sign some Uncanny X-Men. And specifically, he pulled open this copy of Uncanny X-Men 226, the middle issue of Fall of the Mutants. And he's flipping through it and reminiscing. Wow. And he's going <laughs> through some of the dialogue that he wrote specifically between Forge and Storm as they're on the Advers- on the on the world that the adversary had exiled them to and he's just reminiscing about it and I'm telling him you know how much I liked about it because these are some of the the formative seminal works of my own comic book fandom I and, wish you could you know, have recorded this is straight out of high school for me say again I said I wish you could have recorded that conversation because that would have been oh, uh, exactly. great to hear. it would have been great audio it would have been great audio he has a great interview on on, on sci-fi and the sci-fi stage oh okay uh, yeah yeah yeah, that, uh, it's short. It's like 15 minutes, but it was pretty good. Yeah, he was just reminiscing. He was just chilling. And I'm looking over my shoulder at these poor people behind me who are waiting to get a signature. You know, like I know what it's like to be behind the person who's, you know, chatting up the creative person, you know, as we're standing there. We've been staying there for hours or whatever. So I felt a little bad. Um, I actually ran into uh, Dan Slott and spoke to him at length. I got him to sign a bunch of uh, Spider-Man stuff, and I talked to him about his run on Amazing and the latest on uh, the FF, the upcoming FF stuff. Um, and the last thing I did on Saturday, not the last thing, but uh, the big thing I did on Saturday was I sat through the Dawn of X panel. And something that I mentioned earlier on the show, and I don't think Matt was on yet. But I was lukewarm to most of the first wave of books. But after the panel, I'm more curious about them, especially for X-Force. Benjamin Percy sold me on it just based on his presentation and his voice. Like the like his sell of his take on X-Force was, you know, I literally was joking with some of the people I was sitting with at the main stage about how I was sold. He was selling me on it as he was speaking. And um, they announced something that is going to be in our comic book news, which is mm-hmm. that Wolverine is going to be relaunched in February of 2020, written by Benjamin Percy. And he sold me on that, too. And I actually caught up with Ben Percy at his table on Sunday 
talked to him more about it, and he continued to sell me on the book. So and I and I bought it, lock, stock, and barrel. So it was a it was a pretty uh, well done panel. I really liked what they have in store for uh, the Dawn of X books, waves one and two. So um, it was it was pretty pretty um, entertaining and informative. And I'm going to take this second to say that Newsarama's got a uh, live blog of that panel, and I'm not sure if the video of that panel is out there anyway. But you can you can always you know look out for that. But the live blog, you know, there are some sound bites from what Percy said and and other people who were on the panel about their books that are pretty entertaining. Right. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I had to do the drive by, and and then I had a lunch with the. Uh the president of a comic book company. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's why I had as to you do. do the drive-by. Of course, as he is prone <laughs> to do. Um, and then uh, got some good gossip, which I can't reveal. But then, of course not. And, and then later that night, I, I went out with um, some other, I uh, dinner some other comic book, uh, like a smaller independent comic book company, some execs there. And, uh, that was fun. It's always interesting there, to hear their perspectives on shows and why they go to certain shows and why you know what's good for them and uh, interesting things to hear about like the independent market cool 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 sunday sunday um i had young family in tow um young family members in tow uh my cousin's kids i call them my nephews because that's the relation in uh back in the old country and um i saw greg pock like three or four times over the weekend, which I can't, I can't believe that. Um, that, that. No, I got him Sunday three I got him Sunday twice. Nice. <laughs> Excellent work. Although I, 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 did you make the uh, super Asian America panel on Sunday? Uh, no, but I and, could and, not. And then the guy who did the cover for agents of Atlas, he was there and I should have, I didn't buy the, co- the single copy and have him sign it right there. Oh, you I mean Nico right. Leon? Yeah, I ran out to go pick up Met Cadet. Uh, yeah, I had to go run out to get Met uh, Cadet. Yeah, uh, at the Boom panel because he ran out. Mm. I wanted Greg Pak to sign it for me. Right. So as, I got as Agent a, Seventy holds up a copy of Agents of uh, Atlas copy. Yeah, I got signed. a bunch of stuff signed by Greg Pak. This is not all, um, but he knows me. Like I've bought his some of the children's books, which I definitely recommend, Matt. Yeah, no, no, no. The, the 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 girls love them. I have to read right. to read it to them. And I so, uh-huh. so I've got that. Uh, I've I bought those for um, different family members. But I've you know Greg Pak knows me you know for years now because I'm I'm constantly at his table, uh, getting stuff signed. I did see uh, Chelsea Kane and Rochelle Gordonberg, mm-hmm. and they signed uh, copies of Mockingbird. Um, and I told Chelsea Kane to fight the power and to uh, f the haters who are online. And she appreciated that. She also spilled a cup of wine, which made the entire table smell like wine, um, which I thought was funny because she was hiding it in a coffee mug. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Um, well, you know, Greg, you know, Greg knows Louie, right? Really? Yeah. Like, oh, because he's an actor. I gotcha. Yeah. They know he had dinner with them a couple years ago. Oh. Louie's another guy I went to high school with who is on uh, Supergirl last season. Right, he's he was, been on Agents of Shield. He was on one episode of Agents of Shield. Oh, but he was also in. He was also in the um, the the Born the the Jeremy Renner Born Jer- Jeremy Renner Born movie. He was in the Born Legacy, and he was the villain. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Cool, yes, yes. Cool. Um, 
was I going to say? Uh, what's funny is that on Sunday, Claremont flaked on his on his signing at the Marvel booth. So I wasted almost an hour with my with my little nephews online waiting for that and the free stuff at the Marvel booth. But, you know, it all turned out OK. Did you happen to get any of the free stuff at, at the Marvel booth? Uh, no, I kind of just called them afterwards. Well, you know, I don't have that kind of connection. Yeah, right. Yeah, really were, one, thing, one cool thing they were giving out was the um, the the fanfic uh, kind of Ashcan book that's supposed to be oh. Kamala Khan's um, fanfic. Oh, it's really a, cool. you know, it's like it's a oh, it's man. a very simply drawn comic, but this is her fan fiction. So there was an article about all that stuff that they were giving away. Uh, that that was the exclusive stuff they were giving out. I'm not sure if that was in that in that article, but I didn't put it in an article because it was past the point anyway. So. Right, no, there was a lot of exclusive stuff, like exclusive comics. That was just one of the giveaways I think they gave out to everybody. Right. Some of the stuff that you were talking about may have been ticketed. You know, you had to have a ticket. You know, like they only gave out a set number uh, each day. Sure. But um, uh, on Sunday, uh, I did see the Unicron. Uh, there's pictures of it on my uh, uh, on my Instagram. You guys, you guys should take a look at it, at age underscore 70. Um and Sunday was the day I actually got some stuff signed by uh, Saladin Ahmed on Saturday. It was Saturday morning. Um, Dave Lefkowitz helped me out with that too. He stood online and got some some stuff um, signed when um, I had to pass it on to him because I had more than they were allowing. And he got some stuff signed for me by uh, Saladin Ahmed and um, and uh, Javier uh, Garon. So I got them to sign the Miles Morales number one. And, you know, Javier Garon and uh, Saladin Ahmed. And um, Saladin signed uh, Black Bolt, number one. No wow. Christian Ward, though. But on Sunday, I had a chance to speak to Saladin at length about um, Black Bolt, Miles, and Kamala Khan. And that was a conversation I wish I had recorded because he didn't let in, let on any, um, you know, it didn't give me any spoilers, obviously, because... Um, you know, because, uh, you know, he just can't, but it was a great conversation and, you know, he talked about, um, you know, and, and he's said it before about how he used to teach at Brooklyn college. So he sends, um, Javier Garon, uh, reference of, um, South Brooklyn, or as I lovingly call it, South central Brooklyn, um, around, uh, the Brooklyn college area. That's the, um, that's the, uh, the location of the Brooklyn vision school in miles's book so um there's uh, some obvious visual cues uh, to the neighborhood in the book that he draws in thanks to uh, some of the visual reference but that was sunday i you know it was uh it was the the culmination of a pretty packed con weekend for me how about you matt um i was there for about two three hours just trying to wrap up stuff thanks again for picking up my commission uh that was like no worries main thing. greg pack was another um uh, had to send my couple boots to say goodbye to people who are who are you know going back home and uh, you know um, and uh, yeah that, that was about it you know most of these cons are really you know uh, like like it's a mix of catching up with people and uh, getting uh, picking up stuff commissioned or or picking up other books I try to do try to get more of that the Disney book shum 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 or whatever their stuff they have oh books. yeah oh yeah. So the deal, the, the, the deal was you buy one book at the Disney booth and you got a free tote bag and you got two free stuffed animals. So oh, nice. I did that Friday and I should have done it Saturday 
because they ran out of the stuff that I missed Saturday. But right. I got another tote bag. Right. I did it. I did it Friday after almost immediately after Matt uh, told me about it. I, I went and got a little um, uh, uh, a kid's book for my niece. Yeah, I think it was called Night Night Groot. It's downstairs, though. I'm not going to go get it now. But it's like one of those little pan- wood panel books. Those, those hard, uh, those like little books. golden books. Yeah, exactly. And it's really cool. And I did get the uh, the chum chum um, uh, stuffed animals as well. But as uh, Matt mentioned, they were out of that by by sun by Saturday. Yeah, um, ten, well, you bought a book for ten dollars. You got bag and stuffed animals. Yes, so, it was pretty cool. Look for them it, on eBay. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, the other Campbell book I got signed was the Black Cat number one. He again tagged it with the paint marker. Of course you did. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> Roddy Cat likes to chide me about the fact that I'm collecting the Black so Cat. Our little running gag on this, on this Most show. Most of the covers, but I like the story, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, look, the covers are where they are. There's no, no, no shame in that. So it was, Oh, and it was by the funny. way. Uh, before we wrap our conversation about the con, let's <laughs> uh, see what you did there. Exactly. Um, we, uh, the, uh, I don't know if you had it under comic book news or movie news coming up, but the news about, um, actually, no, I think we talked about it last Thursday, right? What about um, uh, the Bitterroot news? We've talked about that, yes. Yeah, uh, we talked fact, about we it last about Thursday. Yeah. So, um, so uh, as we mentioned last last week on the show uh the image book bitter root by uh uh david f walker um chuck brown and sanford green has been optioned um for was optioned for a movie but now they have a they have a director by the name of ryan coogler yeah and producer he's also producing i might have heard i might have heard of him and Maybe. yeah, we all might have heard of him. Yeah. Also, uh, um, Sanford Green's been on the show before. Yeah, exactly. And previous, yes, exactly. Guest of the show, previous guest of the show, Sanford Green. So I had a chance to uh, congratulate them all and and get my um, my copy of Bitterroot Number One signed by all three of them. That's really that's great. And um, I hadn't seen that know, variant. What's that? I hadn't seen that variant. Yeah, it's one of the variant covers. And uh, they were ecstatic. Um, they were, you know, they had sold out copies of, I think Sanford Green had copies of the, um, the Bitterroot trade and he ran out of them on Friday. Mm. So, um, you know, people were like scouring, um, scouring uh, some of the stores to get Bitterroot stuff to get signed. It was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, I also saw the picture of the T. She is. Uh, he was like people were all partying. And he was went off to what um, to meet DJ Premier. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I like, did see that picture with Primo. Yeah, I'm like, man, it's all right though. Hometown zone, Sanford Green, proud of that dude. Anyway, um, question for Matt because I know we're just getting late and I know you probably need to be dipping out pretty soon. Um, as a as a Transformers fan, did you get to see any of the stuff that they? Um, that they um, talked about over the course of the show. Um, I saw the the exclusives at Entertainment Earth. Mm. I didn't get to see by the booth. I mean, I saw a lot of stuff at San Diego, mm. um, and uh, um, you know, I but I didn't get a chance to go because uh, I check out the yeah because uh, I think exclusive. they they did do some um, also. I think you are playing the or at least you're collecting the the TCG. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I don't know if that stuff that they um, talked about. Actually, I think it is because it's for that new expansion that they talked about. Where they um, 
there's something out there on that that they talked about at uh, New York. So I don't know if you saw any of that either. So no, I didn't get a chance to go on the panel. I you know it's, it's or panels in New York Comic Con are just hard for me to get to. Sure. So I didn't do that, but uh, I definitely uh, been following the, that news, and I, I I do love the game. Yeah. So when we got a little bit of news on some of that stuff, uh, not necessarily about the 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 uh, full exclusive on the on the cards and whatnot, but we do have some stuff in the news about that. Uh, but so if we are finished with the uh, the con talk, yeah, just one real quick thing. Uh, I just wanted to go to circle all the way back to our four day passes and something that Matt mentioned kind of uh, jogged my memory a bit. Um, I think this is you know one of the first times I actually made good use of my thursday friday days on a four-day pass and um it's going to come down to and and matt matt understands this it's going to come down to us probably having to take one of those two days off to really put these passes to use because we're missing out on some things even though um you know we're there for let's say like a chunk of the afternoon or as you did a chunk of the morning on thursday uh, it's like we switch places at the con on Thursday, um, you know, in order to really um, make full use of the uh, of, of the four day tickets and enjoy the con in full or as close to in full as we can. You know, we kind of have to take a day off as opposed to kind of jumping in when we can in the middle of uh, either in the middle of a work day between calls or the way I do it, which is taking the afternoon, mm-hmm. you know, I'm busting out of the office like a little after lunch. So, um, that's, you know, I, I may have to change up my strategy at this point and really, uh, invest in taking a day. Yeah. Which is, you know, I planned by, I did the same thing. I think Friday, I, I, Thursday, I did the the morning chunk and then Friday I did the afternoon. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday I had my, my window. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's different for me. Like when I go to San Diego, it's a little bit more work oriented. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I do my work in the morning or kind of like, you know, I block off some time uh, in, the, in the afternoon. But uh, yeah, uh, definitely, de- definitely. I think next year you, you, you should definitely be, um, you know, if you kind of invest in a day. Yeah. Invest in the day. And then, you know, then Saturday and Sunday won't be so rushed. Yeah. And also, one thing I wanted to observe before you go, Matt, is that, um, I find like um, I think there are fewer artists that I follow for autographs. I find myself going to the writers now um, because I think a lot of the I've already got a lot of the signatures that I want for the artists. That's not even a humble brag, um, but nowadays I'm getting a lot of um, a lot of the writers uh, on the books and some of the colorists. Shout out to the colorists who you know we're starting to recognize more and more. But, um, you know, I've got my quota of Jim Lee and George Perez autographs. So now it's kind of, you know, I'm a little bit more diverse in um, the, the people that I'm looking to get autographs from. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, I'll be honest, the writers just want to talk all the time, which is great. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. Man, I wish I had taped that Claremont, uh, that Claremont discussion because he's literally going through and like kind of doing um. Uh, spoken word, either spoken word performance or like a soliloquy or, or, or reading like um, a dialogue um, as a monologue um, from that uh, issue of Uncanny. And I'm looking over my shoulder like, guys, I'm so sorry to like have, 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 have caused this and like made you guys wait even more. 
it's you know New York and Nevada. It's you only need one one way consent. <laughs> no, no, for recording. Yeah, not well, a joke. Yeah. That's I mean, true. That yeah, uh, anchors. It's true. It's true. <laughs> All right. So, um, highlights of the show, real quick. Or yeah, I don't know. Bill meeting Bill Sinkowitz, talking to Walt Walt, uh, Walt Simonson. Um, actually, <laughs> there's one more thing I forgot to tell you. I did. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I put a down payment on a John Cassidy piece. Nice. Oh, cool. I'll show it to you when uh when I'm I'm done. I did not even see Cassidy. No, 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 no. I I talked to his art dealer. Oh, okay. I was about to. Say, cause I, I don't think he was at the show. Well, John Cassidy's also a New Yorker. That's true. Yeah, and, he and, does uh, a lot of the local cons. Like I've seen, I saw him at a Jersey con. That's where I got a lot of stuff signed for. I I saw him dump a girl on a bar. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh. Alrighty then. Um, but his dealer is in Bayside. Gotcha. His art dealer, not his actual dealer. <laughs> if you folks like me are very curious about uh, what Matt Wang's uh, memoirs are going to be somewhere down the line, I'm with you. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. Any other highlights? No, that, that, that was it. Just It's always good to see you and Crystal and kind of everyone else and walking around for our friend Joanne, who was her first time going to the con. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry, I missed out on that. That must have been fun, just kind of walking around, like, because uh, Joe and I did a toy fair, uh, toy fair together, and that was a, an experience in and of itself. Um, you know, I had a lot of highlights. Like I said, having made use of the four day a lot more than I have in past years, I have a lot of highlights. But definitely the conversations, as 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 you mentioned before, about. Um, conversation with writers because they love talking about comics. Mm-hmm. Dan Slott, I had a great conversation with. Saladin Ahmed, I had a great conversation with. Chris Claremont, I had a great conversation with. And even um, Silvestri was mad cool. Like the first time I met him, he, you know, we had a you know, brief conversation, but still lots of fun. And um, and Greg Pak is always is mad cool. So uh, definitely had a good con. And those are my highlights. In addition to Ben Percy, shout out to Ben Percy who sold me on Wolverine and X-Force and the Dawn of X panel. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, well, that being the case, um, Matt, uh, you're welcome to stay for the uh, for the rest of the It's day, dude. You, yeah, but I know it's late, so we will take this time to say goodbye to you, and you know you have an open invitation to come by come by anytime. That's not a, that's not a, a convention. <laughs> so I know we try really to pull you in on some of the stuff with it. Are. To be on the show and uh, to chat about comics and the show and... Uh, and just all the and all the news and uh thanks again for letting me uh hop in and thanks to all the fans for uh watching take care you got it. i'll yeah. see you on sunday see you on sunday bye take it easy man all right and and i'm i'm i'm, I'm fighting the reflex to close out the window myself <laughs> yeah no we're gonna we're gonna breeze through the comic book news as quick as we can some of the stuff i kind of wanted to go through a, a, with a little bit but you know what hey you can read it out there for yourselves and we're going to start off with as i pull this back up boop uh, new Star Wars ongoing series and more from the Lucasfilm publishing panel. So we know that um, I think issue of 75 Star Wars is going to end. And apparently, as we kind of should have known, there's going to be a new ongoing. And this sounds like it's going to be set um, after Empire Strikes Back, which right. we kind of predicted sense. it, but we weren't yeah, sure. Exactly. Because um, we figured they were going to do a little bit more prior to Empire before they do this, but. You know, it is what it is. Uh, the creative team is uh, Charles Soule, and I can't remember who's uh, 
Who's on our team? Uh, Jesus says. I guess that's how he first pronounced his name. Yeah. And then and Vader's gonna relaunch. Darth Vader's gonna relaunch. Uh, and Dick Greg Park's writing that. And uh, there's that uh, ultimate pop up. There's a pop up book. There's a bunch of other books. And there's gonna be mm-hmm. uh, well, the journey to the rise of the Skywalker stuff has started already this week. Um, and there's a few other, a bunch of other books. So we're right. going to that. But yeah, look out for that coming. I can't remember when it says it's coming, but Star Wars is coming. Yep, next year I think. Yeah, speaking January. of Charles Soule, just a quick aside, speaking of Charles Soule, I had a chance to speak to him. Okay. Uh, he's someone that I, I don't know well, but I definitely know from the cons, and oh. that's just how it is. I, I, I greet him as counselor, and he knows exactly who it is. So um, we, you know, I, what I found out is that he actually closed his law practice because his, uh, his writing takes up a lot of his time, mm-hmm. and he's uh, doing really well. So he's no longer actively practicing, although he obviously still has his license. Right. So that was actually kind of good news to to a point, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's good news for him, Mm -hmm. you know. So uh, next up, uh, Disney and Viz Media team up for a manga partnership. So Disney's returning to the world of manga, as announced at uh, New York Comic Con, that um, Viz Media is turning Disney properties into manga series. But of course. So um, they're going to be doing uh, uh, a release of Star Wars Legends of the Legends of Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure what the other one is, but uh, uh, tune there's in. A frozen one. Out. Yeah, there's a Frozen manga and Nightmare Before. They're basically taking other distant properties and making, like you said, Finding Nemo, Nightmare Before Christmas, Frozen, and gotcha. some Star Wars stuff, and oh, amongst other stuff. So, so look out for that next year. Yeah. Uh, going back to the Transformers thing here, all the, I forgot to ask him about the Unicorn thing, but I'll find out whether they made it or not, because I'm not sure if they actually did it. Oh, they did. They, they did. It's fun. Okay. It's funded, but it didn't, I think it funded over the New York Comic Con weekend. That which is why they extended it, right? Because it had made it prior to. So okay, so that, that did work out for them. Cool. But yeah. in this case, uh, here are all the new Transformers action figures revealed by Hasbro at NYCC. So there's a couple of different brands. There's a Cyberverse brand, which a bunch of them, a bunch of uh, Shockwave is not a tank. We're going to let that roll. Neither is uh, Megatron, but yet here we are. Um, <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Generation Select. There's um. War for Cybercron stuff. There's a G1 stuff. Um, uh, you know, there's a Wheeljack and a, and a Jazz. Well, actually, was there a Jazz? Yeah, I think there was a Jazz. But there's a Wheeljack that looks pretty cool. And some other figures. And also, as we said earlier, they talked about uh, some uh, some cards for the, the new expansion of the Transformers trading card game. Uh, that is uh, coming out at some point soon. So you can check that all out. And I will go ahead and take this next one because um, Vintage G1 Transformers Constructicons Devastator Starscream are back in stock, which is weird because I know I have been to a Walmart as recent as, or in that section of Walmart in, as recent as a couple, like a month or so and saw uh, Constructicons. So I know that's been out for a minute. But if you were looking for those particular um, reissues, hey, guess what? They're out there. I almost totally grabbed that uh, the Constructicons one because it was like six. Was it like sixty, seventy bucks or something like that for all of them? A little bit more reasonable than Unicron. Yes, it says six seventy four, but I think in store it was it was like sixty nine ninety nine or something. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, and there's a G1 Starscream. So if you're looking for those, hey, they're out there. You can check that out. Next up. Oh, forgot to mention at the Dawn of X panel, they gave out an exclusive variant cover for Powers of 10, number five. It's a black and white oh, uh, Arthur Adams variant. Uh, the same image that is on the New York Comic Con program, which that I couldn't grab in time to show everybody. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, but you have to win a lottery to get into the panel, which is awful. So what can mm-hmm. you do? Um, Hasbro has immortalized Stan Lee as a six-inch Marvel Legends figure. So this isn't new news, but they finally finalized the release of the figure. Right. And he includes a Captain America shield with a replica signature from Stan on across the shield. And there are a couple of other... Um, uh, accessories to the figure i am looking forward to grabbing one yep and if you're watching the video you can see that and along with that you can go take this next one uh next up hasbro has revealed marvel legends um the stan lee figure plus a new deadpool and fantastic four figures the fantastic four figures are based on the hickman run so the costumes are uh are are, are kind of a reverse the the uh the what's traditionally blue is a darker or is black and um i think the johnny storm is um uh mostly human form uh there are also x-force figures that are that have come out um mm-hmm. there's a sunspot there is a warpath um that you'll see on the screen as uh roddy cat scrolls through and um, there is a new deadpool figure as well and the looks like the 90s x-men colors uh yes so yeah, and then, then they're showing they're showing the the box of the Stanley figure, and of course, as per mentioned, oh yeah, there's a She Hulk, the great She Hulk of recent comics. Uh, mm-hmm. There's Sue Storm, there's Johnny Johnny, I'm about to call him Johnny Blaze, Johnny Storm, and of course the Stanley and uh, <laughs> Reed Richards weird figure. With yeah, the, the Reed is a little weird. The way they uh, exemplify the stretchy power is a little weird on this figure. I'm not completely sold on this variant. I love, you know, my Fantastic Four set from Walgreens is above my shoulder, above my head, above, uh, behind me on the shelf. And I love that set. It's really cool. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to PCN underscore Dirt for uh, picking up the uh, the thing, the Ben Grimm for me and, and shipping it all the way to Brooklyn. So. All right. I forgot they did that. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm slightly interested in that sunspot. Um, especially and, if you're building an X Force or New Mutants, right? So, and Warpath, I, I don't know, but yeah, some of those figures, the Stanley figure, I would definitely be interested in, but I don't know if I, if it'll come around anywhere soon. Anyway, next up, uh, Funko's Marvel 80th Retro Scarlet Witch and Black Widow Funko Pops are live. So yes, um, Scarlet Witch. Old school um, original recipe, Black Widow, and I say that because of the costume, not necessarily because it's been touched all this time. Uh, Kingpin, Deadpool. That's a. I'm assuming that's um, Iron Man, uh, and of course uh, variations of other Spider costumes, which I think a lot have been out before. Yeah, and, but there's a new Amazing Bagman. Yes, there is. Yeah, we talked about that one before, though. Yep. So, um, and of course, uh, Fantastic Four, Mole Man. Uh, I kind of wait. Oh, I know. I'm thinking. Well, of this is brand, I was about to say this is a big announcement because Funko oh, hadn't done a lot of the Fantastic Four stuff, right? And this is a big announcement because they're finally putting out 
obviously since uh, the rights have reverted back to Marvel and Disney, um, they're putting out some of these Funko toys of the FF, including a Galactus, which is awesome. They, I have a Funko Silver Surfer, but other than that, a lot of these characters I think are, are just now seeing the light of day as Funko figures for the first time. Yep, I want that Herbie. I kind of actually want most of these. There's the Super Scroll, there's the Galactus F mentioned Civil Server, Herbie, Doctor Doom, Mo Man, blah, 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 blah. Right. So, yeah. Love to just build the FF. So Yeah, right. Uh, next up, um, um, let's hold go on, and take this one. Line. I'll take this one. So, um, um, oh, you're going to take this one? Yeah, because okay. it's kind of in line. But Funko's yeah. next Darth Vader pop is the first with light and sound. So, yeah, there's a new Darth Vader version, which I think there's been like three or four of them at this point. Yeah, I have one that doesn't have light and sound. Come well, on, Funko. <laughs> so, yeah, they finally finally got around to putting light and sound in some of those stuff, uh, which I don't think that's actually true. I feel like they've done it before. But regardless, so, yes, this is a new one for you because they, they want to get your money. And uh... I totally have one that's just like that. I'd go get it now, but I, I, my hands are a little full. It's over yeah, on a bookshelf. I, I want to say I probably have one also. I'm not sure if I actually got that one or not. But um, yeah, so there we go. It is going to be out. Uh, oh, they're talking about the film. So it'll be out soon. So it's not out yet. But regardless, hey, it's, it's a Vader with probably more than likely the lightsaber sounds. Mm-hmm. So cool. Next up. All right, there is another trailer out uh, for EA Games and Respawn Entertainment's impressive new Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order game. Yep, I kind of can't wait. Uh, what is this, like 35-ish days or something? Like, it's November 15th is when this is coming out, so it's not, not too far. terribly long now. Not far. So, yeah, go check out the trailer if you're, if you're interested. Um, next up, Hasbro honors the Skywalker saga with Ray, Anakin, and more. So yeah, they're they're there's gold figures. I almost said they're they're encased in carbonite. That's not true, but they're basically looks like um like a gold two pack with Kylo Ren and Ray uh in a thing. And of course there's one with Anakin and Obi Wan. Uh and it looks like that might be it. But um yeah. They're going to be out there if you're if you're interested in those, and they're fourteen bucks. Well, excuse me, fifteen bucks at Walmart, and each set, you know, like I said previously, um, two figures, three point seven five inches, and there's a Darth Maul and Yoda pack, which and um, Mace Window and Jingle Fett, which were not shown. Next okay. Up. Uh, next up, uh, the march towards Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker begins in a preview of Allegiance Number One, which so, came out this week, and that's the one I said I didn't get a chance yeah. to get around to reading. So, so get to your local comic shop and pick that up. Mm-hmm. But if you want to see a preview of it before you do, you can go always go check out that article. Um, the real Hulk just returned, not to Smash, but to Bleep. Actually, I don't know whether this was... Um... So this is basically talking about... This is actually not from Immortal Hulk, but this is from uh, Absolute Carnage tie-in of Immortal Hulk. Uh, and this is talking about uh, something like, what, Savage Hulk comes back or something, which I think we've seen him. I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's but... funny, I, talked to, I talked to Al Ewing. I talked about it last week, uh, about Thursday. I talked to Al Ewing, but I didn't talk to him about Hulk. I talked to him about Valkyrie. Right. Huh. Well, it's probably just as well. He, I don't. I suspect he wasn't gonna say too much about Immortal Hulk at this point, right? So, but yeah, so you can go check that out. And I, I like I said, I, I have some of those tie-in books to the thing I'm not really care about. But yeah, apparently, um, 
I guess something came out uh, during the course of that issue that Salvage Hope brought up. So cool. Next up. All right. Next up, um, the uh, the issue of Spider Verse that came out last week revealed a surprising. Uh, I mean, uh, revealed the truth mm-hmm. about uh, Spider Man's Spidey sense. Yeah. So basically, it's like the as if, I'm, if I didn't, I was going to read this before I read this article, but it sounds like this is um, this goes into the origin of how the Spider Sense works. Yeah. So. I'm actually going to check out that issue for that. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's called and it's basically a frequency that it works on, and it's tied to a cosmic force. Which I feel like the frequency part has been been brought up in Spidey comics before, but I guess not to this point, not to this sense. Well, I think it's because we now have an entire Spider Verse to tap into. So yeah, so they they wrap uh, the Spider Sense explanation into that. So right. I just and, skimmed it, but, but that's the gist of it. And um, I actually went, I retraced my steps and read um, Spider Verse that was out last week over the weekend. So mm, I nice. did have a chance to read that. So uh, I understand that's what they're doing with it. Sure, which also explains why even like even in Spider Verse movie, you see like every time a Spider person meets each other, they kind of react to each other. So I guess they played that in there before this even, you know, or this is a right. part of that. So without the the cosmic part of it. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, speaking of Spider-Verse, if, um, Spider-Verse reveals the surprising identity of Spider-Zero, which I guess would be the patient zero version of spiders, the spider mm-hmm. mythos. Um, hopefully has nothing to do with the other. You're not nope. saying anything? So, okay. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> we should read it. I will, I will. So and this was written by Tim. I'll just go ahead and put that out there. But then this yeah. is again. We have a, I was about to say we have a copy of it. So we do. Yeah, I still have it um, in the thing. I'll check it out. Um, but yeah, so this goes into that. And if you are interested in that, you will read Spider Verse number one. Next up, and big news. <laughs> I know you're uh, excited about this. I am happy about this, and I like the fact that it's taking a break, um, or at least a, a short break after mm. the King Thor series finishes. Writer Donny Cates and artist Nick Klein are going to launch a new Thor ongoing series in 2020. It was announced at Marvel's Next Big Thing panel at New York Comic Con. And uh, colorist Matt Wilson is going to be returning to Thor to work over Klein's illustrations. It's pretty, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not so keen on this redesign. Yeah, so there's a redesigned costume. Looks, it looks cosmic in origin. I'm like, did he get the Captain Universe's powers in some kind of way along the way? Or what, what's going on in that? But, it's a little weird. I wonder if it's not because of uh, Koipel's art that kind of makes it look a little weird. Hmm. Or at least pose that he's in on that cover yeah if you're but, watching the video you can see the cover in question but i'm definitely willing to give it a shot especially with kate's recent track record so and jason aaron gave it a thumbs up you know uh he's already heard from kate's what um what his uh, direction for the book is so you mean the bad boy of comics what's that about, i think either donny kate's called himself or someone called donny kate's the bad boy of or, or comics or something like that i can't remember I uh, guess, but Jason Aaron gave it a thumbs up. So, right. um, he, and there was a quote that um, Kate said that um, I, I, I may be paraphrasing this, but he was like, um, "Oh well," he says, "Not this one, but this is another one." But every book I write for this company, I try to make the biggest, baddest book I can. Uh, Matt Fraction once said that every Thor book should sound like Zeppelin. Well, I want mine to sound like Norwegian black metal. 
Uh, he, but the quote I was thinking about was he says, like, following Jason Aeronaut was probably the stupidest thing he could ever do. Yes. <laughs> so I, I found that kind of funny, which, and also true. Because it's going to be really hard to top that last run from, from our counts. It's been seven years in the making and it's still not done. Right. So, hey, look out for that in 2020. You know, Donny Case is pretty good at what he does, and uh, I dare say. So, you know, here's hoping. He's got some of the longest lines at New York Comic Con. I haven't gotten Kate's... I'm not surprised. I haven't gotten stuff signed by Kate yet, but um, I definitely think that, uh, you know, especially when he starts the store run next year, his lines are going to be insane. He's got a lot of the Spidey stuff, you know, this Carnage stuff um, and Venom stuff. Hmm. Uh, you know, uh, popping right now, so he's got uh, lots of long lines waiting for his signature. Yeah, but in news I'm pretty excited about, Guardians of the Galaxy relaunches in 2020 with writer Al Ewing! That's pretty cool. Yes. And, uh, wait, who's on art? Um, Juan Cabal. Juan Cabal, which is also doubly great. So, uh, who's been doing some good stuff on uh, Friendly Neighborhood. Uh, so, yeah, I'm... I'm totally looking forward to this. Kate's actually was the, um, is the, the the one who's currently writing in that book's about to end. So, you know, it's been a decent run. I'm not sure where that was going anyway, if it was going to stay, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking right. forward to this, um, this, this book. We're waiting to see how Kate's wraps up both this and Silver Surfer because right. they may be intertwined. Right. And if you yeah, see Silver Surfer Black. Yes, it was like black, right? Yeah, because that one, that one's a that one's a weird one because we're not sure where that one's going if it goes anywhere at all. Exactly, but it does it does spin out of the events of this book, so right of uh, the current of the current run of uh, Guardians. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next up is something I discussed earlier. That is Wolverine is going to return in the second wave of Dawn of X, so uh, Dawn of X books uh, as in his in his latest solo book. Mm-hmm. Written by Ben Percy with an art by Adam Kubert. So that's some good news. Yeah, like I said, so you know it's I'm be some sold. Too. Yeah. I'm sold, 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 sold. <laughs> yeah, like I said, looking at the uh the the live blog of the panel, I wish I could have been there, but or see some some um see some video of that if it's out there. I'm not sure if they if they were kept it, but um yeah, that that seems like an interesting panel. Um, Marvel announces prequel miniseries to Earth X trilogy. So Alex Rocks, Ross, uh, Jim Kruger, and Velber Stanovic, the Stano, Stano, Stano Jevic. I sound really stupid right now. So, um, is going to center on David, the last human on Earth filled with deadly monsters. His only chance for survival is to travel to New York to find. Captain America and the other heroes. And this is from Earth X, which was um, a miniseries uh, done by Jim Kruger and Paul Leon back in 99, 2000. Right. Which I have never read. Yes, Alex Ross covers, yes. But apparently uh, Alex Ross is writing along with uh, Kruger this time. Interesting. So, yes. Um, no, looking next forward to up. that if you're interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, next up, Speaking of Claremont, uh, <laughs> seminal X Men writer Chris, Chris Claremont is going to be doing more work for Marvel in the new year. In a panel with CB Sabolsky, they announced it at New York Comic Con. 
And they basically said, we will be seeing more of Chris Claremont's writing at Marvel next year. There were no other details announced. Uh, Claremont recently wrote uh, New Mutants War Children one-shot, and mm-hmm. I have not yet read it. We talked um, about it last week, I believe. Yeah, Last week or two weeks ago? Uh, yeah, one of those two. Right, and uh, he's openly talked about interest in write in in his interest in writing more for Marvel with the X Men and outside that franchise. Yeah, so we don't know what exactly it is, but we probably can guess it could probably some X related. Doesn't necessarily have to be, but that's a that's a fairly good shot of that. Uh, stay tuned. Arnold Stark is Iron Man 2020 and new events. We kind of partially talked about this last week, but uh, apparently there's an event um, uh, um, tied to coming out of uh, the close of Tony Stark Iron Man this December and uh, going into whatever this event uh, for the 2020 dealing with Arnold is. Nice. So, sounds like a Stark will, Tony Stark will die and... Um, Arno is going to take over, which I feel like we may or may not have talked about already. But right, we kind of figured that uh, with the uh, with the end of uh, the latest Tony Stark Iron Man um, uh, series, that that definitely might happen. Especially, and uh, I, I and I remember telling, saying to Roddy, I said, "Come on, man, it's Iron Man twenty twenty. It has to happen now. This is exactly what's going to happen." And I mean, lo and yeah. behold, and you weren't wrong. Yeah, yeah. Lo and so, behold, yeah, look forward to that. I was not big on iron man 2020 back in the day neither was i i just remember it existed yeah and i, cause I do remember picking it up and kind of reading a couple of just like ah, all right this is different but nah but i don't right. know let me check this out regardless it was just like a new back then a new computer generated art style yes so um dan slot and crystal skates writing this pete was doing the art so you know as a i'm sure the seeds are being sown uh in uh, Tony Stark Iron Man, obviously. So, so stay tuned for that next year. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Unlimited yeah. adds Marvel Team Up number one this October, and a bunch of bunch of bunch of other stuff. So, you know, all right. Marvel Unlimited getting some more stuff. Yeah, you can check um, this for yourself. We have a duplicate Oops. news item here. Yeah. So I'm going to jump to a uh, new artist is going to step in to draw. Tony Stark Iron Man number eighteen. Uh, Paco Medina stepped in to draw Tony Stark Iron Man number 18 the pen ultimate issue of the series mm-hmm. so Uncle Medina is good so that's good news yep um no word on why uh Valerio Schiti is stepping away from 17 or stepped away from 17 and to be have this happen so yeah anyway he may uh, still be on 19 though that's the thing so right. it might be double size so we'll see yeah, Iron Man VR hits PS4 in between Last of Us Part Two and Final Fantasy VII Remake. So that Iron Man VR uh, experience game, whatever you want to call it, uh, for the PS4 is coming out next year. That just gave you the date, which would be February twenty eighth, twenty twenty, and sandwiched between those two hits, which makes sense because you don't want to put anything up against either one of those. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. There's that. Next. Next up, this is some cool news coming out of the con yes. about the Marvel's Avengers video game. I'm so it happy. was revealed. You were saying? I said, I'm so happy to see this. Yeah, it was revealed that you're going to have uh, a, a, a specific playable character in the name of Miss Marvel Kamala Khan. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I regret one of the things I regretted not seeing at the con. There was a panel uh, on the Marvel at the Marvel booth on the Marvel stage of uh, it was a reunion of um, uh, Miss Marvel creators. So G Willow was there, and Sana Amnat was there. I heard and about that. Yeah, a bunch of cosplayers dressed up as Miss Marvel there. I I kind of wish I had been there for that. And I believe yeah. the voice actress uh, who's playing uh, Kamala in this exactly. Is, was yeah. exactly. That's what that's what that's what reminded me of this. So, um, you know, it was a great weekend for um, the character at New York Comic Con. Yes, if you hadn't checked out the the, the gameplay uh, trailer for that, you should. It's good stuff. Actually, I hadn't checked out this one, but there was another one that was kind of similar. Uh, I checked out some actual gameplay that also came out around this town. Um, right. I'm looking forward to this game. Needless to say, next up. Uh, new Batman Court of Owls game won't include iconic Batman voice actors. So I'm wait a second, we... wait a second. Hey, boo! boo! Yeah, I know. Uh, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. Um, you know, you, you, I don't have to tell you where that's from. Um, told Joe, Joe, whatever, in a recent interview that uh, he won't be a part of the next entry in the series. Asking if Conroy would make an appearance, the voice actor simply responded. I'm not. Uh, you can picture that in Batman's voice if you want to. I probably would. Following his reaction by saying, I don't know why. So, I don't know if that's an oversight. Maybe they thought it was too much. Maybe they were going a different direction with this game. We don't know. But, boo. Mm-hmm. Um, next up. Uh, let's see. You can read DC Comics' Hill House comic sampler online. This was a free giveaway at New York Comic Con. I got okay. one. Um, it includes excerpts from Basketful of Heads, The Dollhouse Family, and The Low, Low Woods, plus a peek at future titles for 2020. And I feel like there's something that came out this week from either from that imprint or something. I'm not, I may be mistaken. But, yeah, if you're interested in that stuff, go check it out. Um speaking of dc house of horrors panel reveals plans for the future so yeah they had a panel uh based around uh, that imprint uh of joe hills and you can read the article about that if you so please next up uh let's see what are we up to justice beyond mm-hmm. justice beyond dc's most badass feature justice league is back so uh what is this in the in the comic yeah, this is from uh, 333, which I still haven't read yet. I haven't read it either. <laughs> yeah, so this, and the next, so this one and the next article are going to be, well, I would say slightly post but we're just going to breeze past both of them. So apparently Justice League Beyond is, is, has showed up in um, Justice League 33. We will both end up reading this at some point. Right. Um, and also, Justice League unleashes its newest member and DC's most powerful gods, if you think about it for a second and have been keeping up with who's uh, been uh, attached to the Justice League, you kind of know who it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I believe there's something been dealt with with that with said character. Some would say there was a fusion dance happened. That's oh, all I'll say. No. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, next up is yours. All righty. Uh, let's see. Um, more details of DC's comprehensive timeline 
of its own history have been reported by the Hollywood Reporter, including the four eras into which DC is apparently grouping its history. The four eras are Dawn of the Heroic Age, which kicks off with Wonder Woman's arrival from Themyscira, the Space Age, which is marked by the arrival of Superman, the Age of Crisis, which runs from Crisis on Infinite Earths through Flashpoint. That's that's where I stop. And finally, the Flashpoint era, which runs from the post-Flashpoint DC Universe and the New 52 through today. Those keeping track sound, may notice that it might sound similar to what um, uh, Marvel did with this and Disney did with the Star Wars uh, um, stuff recently. And also, you know, MCU stylings. Right. Definitely MCU stylings. But, you know, I say DC history kind of needed this because holy hell. Yes. <laughs> DC history is bonkers. Yeah. So, I don't know. Let me see. Um, Agreed. Yeah. So I was doing a panel. I'm not sure where they're going to actually put this timeline. It doesn't necessarily say where this will live or where they're going to put it. But hopefully we will get more news on that. Um, something more concrete. Uh, soon because I would be interested in reading that madness uh, Batman and the Ninja Turtles merged into one hero and it's horrifying yeah. so apparently this was from spoilers from Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 6 uh, and apparently they oh gosh if you're looking at the video you can see this monstrosity um, come about speaking of fusion dances but apparently it says the uh, fusion was brought on by Krang's newfound power, having gained control of the multiverse by merging, merging with the Anti-Monitor, which, if you think about that last story, is interesting. Uh, the DC supervillain who... Yeah, anyway, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, that happened. Uh, obviously, it's not canon, but still. Uh, next... Next, uh, in a story about one of the books that came out this week, Ellis, Warren Ellis, Brian Hitch, and Kevin Nolan kicked their way into Gotham with the Batman's Grave number one preview. Uh, you can check out the preview, or uh, and, and if you like it, you can pick up the book this week. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, when you were talking about that book, you, all you had to say was Warren Ellis, and that you should instantly know, weird. Because <laughs> let's face it, some of this stuff's kind of out there, you know. Definitely. And he's in good company. We all know this, but whatever. Um, Superman versus Flash. DC officially answers who wins in a race. I feel like DC uh, deceased number five also may have answered that question. Okay. Um, so this is spoiler for Superman Up in the Sky number four, which I don't think anyone has been reading this that we know. Uh, wait, is this the uh, the John Romita Jr. one? Uh, no. Tom oh, no, no. oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm not reading that. Yeah. So I don't think like I, said, I don't think any of us are. Um so yeah, the, the, that historic race has played out many, many a times. And again, like I said, it was also recently brought up in Deceased Number Five to a slightly tragic end. Um you know what? No, I'm not even gonna I was gonna go and see who won, but it doesn't really matter. You can go read it for yourself if you care. Next up. <laughs> Because they always right. go back and forth with it. It's like, yeah, well, who, depending on who's writing it and what whose book it is, it's like it always goes back and forth to who wins. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah. But I, I feel like deceased is kind of may have been definitive. I don't know. But all right. All right. Uh, announced during the DC Wonder Comics panel at New York Comic Con, Amy Reader is going to launch an ongoing Amethyst title under DC's Wonder Comics banner. Good on her. 
Yeah, which makes sense given that that, that um the characters are part of uh, Young Justice at this point, and I, I would imagine that was partially the reason why. Right. I I, we can't. Who can say? But Bendis and company. But yeah, but I don't think Amethyst had a book in a in a while, which for reasons or another. So, fans of that character, go for it. Um, and on that note, speaking of a uh, young justice, is Teen Lantern's Gauntlet actually the Green Lantern's deadliest weapon? So we talked about Young Justice last week, and I had some gripes with the origin of uh, Teen Teen Lantern because Bendis, but. What we didn't really talk about is, or we kind of talked about what we didn't talk about too much, is that gauntlet that she has on her arm and back. Um, and apparently it, uh, that whole thing stems from something in the Green Lantern's past, which I did not know about because my DC history is spotty at best. Mm. I would almost say non-existent, but this article pretty much goes into uh, the origins of that thing. So you can go check that out if you are so inclined. Mm-hmm. Next. Uh, Bendis showed up at uh, New York Comic Con and brought a little wonder. Uh, Friday on uh, this past Friday at the Wonder Comics panel, um, uh, they offered a little insight into how the line of comics came to be and what's next for the property. So mm-hmm. they've got some stuff coming up, which I guess is supposed to be uh, 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 exciting, including the Amethyst book. Mm-hmm. Which I. I slightly curious about a question that was asked in our back channel and the reasoning why it was asked, but I won't get into that right now. Um, so that's the thing that's happening. So, um, phase two. Great. I still need to read Naomi. Um, Harley Quinn black label series is coming from Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti. So I believe, I don't know if that Harley Quinn book, I think it is that Harley Quinn book that they were doing in, well, it's in its own little side pocket, but it's, it's um, you know, in the main line, uh, DC Comics is still going, I think. Not sure. But yeah, apparently there's a Black Label book by the couple. Um, it says, yeah, so da, da, da. Harley Quinn is lending herself another Black... Oh, yeah, that's right. This is the Birds of Prey book. So it's Harley Quinn and the Birds of Play, Prey, just like the movie that's about mm-hmm. to come up. Winky dinky dinky. Uh, wrote the so we'll see Harley Quinn return to a four issue miniseries, uh, by said couple. And if the name implies anything or not, yes, Birds of Prey is going to be also all over that book, right? There you go. Next, Cliff Chang is working on a secret DC black label title, which he announced during the Paper Girls panel at New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think we've had any words since then what that is, but I'm sure we'll find out at some point. Um, Cassandra Kane steps up in Shadow of the Batgirl first look. This is a preview for a, um, a original graphic novel YA series called Shadow of the Batgirl uh, that is coming out January 29th, 2020. Again, this is a preview for it. You can go check that out. It's written by Sarah Kuhn and art by Nicole Cox. Go. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I'm being terrible on names tonight. I apologize to everyone. Hold on. Hold on. Where are we? Uh, Cassandra Kane. Yeah. Oh, I got to open the article. Sorry. See if I can help out. It's G-O-U-X. But G-O-U-Goo. Goo. 
Yeah, I figured it was something like that, but it was but regardless, I apologize for, for butchering your name. Um but yeah, if you're if you're interested in this book, so basically this book is if if it says anything to you, it's Cassandra uh Kane. Uh and it sounds like it's a young Cassandra Kane but in in a world where like Batgirl's gone missing and she's stepping up to the to the cause. In a world. You know, right? <laughs> so yeah, so that's a good old uh so that's a thing. Uh again, young adult graphic novel. Check it. Next. Okay. Um, there is some concept art by uh Jacqueline de Leon um for her upcoming DC original graphic novel Zatanna the Jewel of Gravesend. It was uh revealed uh by DC at New York Comic Con. The series is going to be written by uh, uh, Elise Arden, author of the Casket Girls prose novel series. Why is Zatanna? Sorry, I couldn't quite. Um, Could you please repeat what you said? Yeah, why does Zatanna have a rabbit on a leash? We don't know. How about a web search for it? I can. Listen, I, I love that. I must have said something that activated. I was, saying, I was like, what? What caused that? Yeah. So you can see the concept art from for that uh, that series is looks like it's coming next year. I think we may have already talked about it at some point, but sure. Uh, DC gets behind dark fantasy titled "The Last God" with DNT type extras. Um, it's almost as if they saw the stuff Zeb was doing over at Marvel and said, "Hey, we need to get out on it." And the fact that DNT is is has all but grown in popularity. Um. That is me editorializing. Who knows what to cause this, but more likely, I think I'm right. Hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, apparently it says here with the slew of D and D fans in the DC office and the success of Game of Thrones. That, you know, sure, that had very much to do with it. Sure, um, DC is going all out for the publisher's new fantasy horror series, The Last God, with extra pages of world building in every issue and the source filled um, source book filled with backup materials, which is that's cool. Um, also, that rolled and told book that um, I think uh, was it IDW or somebody's pulling. I'm sure. Regardless, the D and D boom is is has finally hit DC. I guess <laughs> the D and D boom. I yeah. love it. Yeah, like some of us have known. <laughs> some of us have known D and D's been good for you. No, Islam. We're OG. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but, um, if you don't know that, then you know what you don't deserve to. So there is a so there is a um there is a video on side note. Um, I can't remember. Is IDM somebody, but basically it's talking to like uh, the Russo brothers and um, 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 uh, Deborah Ann Wall and a bunch of the other people about the you know the the growth and popularity, the recent not the not so recent uh, popularity of D and D. I haven't checked it out yet, but it, it, it seems interesting. And then of course there are people sometimes like, well, we've been new, <laughs> so there's you're always going to get those people. But at the same time, like, hey, look. It's all it's good to see. That's that's all I will say, regardless of how it comes about. But back to this DC book. So yeah, apparently um Philip Kennedy Johnson's writing the book with artwork by Ricardo Federici. Um uh, and it sounds like uh, oh yeah, this so he done work uh the artist done work for Arcman and Dark Knights Metal tie-ins. Uh and this is just an article uh in the interview with that with uh with the the creative team. Not sure when it's coming out, but it's probably next year. Okay. So check out that article if you, if you care to. Next. 
Uh, G. Willow Wilson had a surprise, made a surprise appearance at uh, New York Comic Con. She was not on the list of uh, creators attending. Uh, she uh, it was announced that she's taking over DC's The Dreaming title in 2020 with artist Nick Robles. Um, she held back from revealing too much about her plans, although if you follow her Twitter, she was extremely happy about it. Yes, she was. And she did say that uh, Shakespeare who was featured in Neil Gaiman's original Sandman run, would be a character in The Dreaming. Her run is scheduled to begin with number 19 in early 2020. I adore her. She's she's dope. Um, so, yeah, that's good news for her. And, and apparently they're her friends that are freaking out that she's that she's got that book up. If you, if you look at her uh, um, Twitter account. Uh, bang! Is an upcoming comic series with a mysterious writer. Oh, excuse me, author. Writer, same difference. Um, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the only thing we know about this is that a New York Times bestselling cartoonist whose name has been redacted and uh, Wilfredo Torres doing the art is going to collaborate in 2020 with this series. Um, also not sure where this is going to be because I don't think we got like, um, we don't have like pertinence, like, Hey, what, what company is doing this? But I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of did a, like a Google search on New York times, bestselling cartoonists with what clues do we have, which granted that's not saying a whole much. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the best I could come across is, uh, Rayina, Taumanga and some other some other dude, but um I don't know if it's her or not. Again, we just this is something we just find out. Um, I guess we'll find out at some point if it's gonna be a deal. And we got some other, you know, basically a basic rundown of what the series is about. So okay. we just don't know who the writer is gonna be. So I'm not sure why that's a bigger move, but it must be something big. Next, Next up. up, John Lehman and Nick Bradshaw take you to bermuda in 2020 under idw publishing um it's going to be a creator-owned comic book uh called bermuda uh who is your normal everyday 16 year old girl who just happens to live in an otherworldly dimension swarming with dinosaurs and pirates but that's just the tip of the iceberg in this action-packed saga as we discover just who bermuda is and how she came to be i am totally uh ben percy has rubbed off on me apparently but but no that's not how he sold uh x-force and wolverine but i definitely got into the spirit yeah i will yeah so that's that cool um stay tuned for more on that i guess uh idw speaking of promotes four in editorial department so um congrats to those four folk yay yeah Next, Next up, uh, queer Latinx artists' adult comic Kickstarter earns nearly with three hundred percent of its goal. Hey, people love them some adult comics. Yeah, apparently, okay. so, queer Latinx. That's that's a market that's that's not tapped. Yeah, it's uh, artist Aim Amy Sotuyo. Okay. Yes. Cool. So, uh, let's see the. The comic campaign for his print edition went live to uh, September 23rd with a $4,000 goal and just blew that out in two days. Um, 
So it says the, the it's well over seven thousand. You know, comic book uh, Kickstarter's kind of hit and miss a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Iron Circus, and Spike, uh, Spike Troutman, doing your thing over there. But anyway, and it says here it's um it this particular Kickstarter though is over ten k. Okay, so that says a lot for this and the content and the supporter, right? And the supporters. Yeah. So. That's dope. I like seeing things like that happen. Uh, next up, Killer Man, graphic novel to tackle MMA and LGBTQ identity. Oh man, I wish I had the Cypress Hill. Uh, uh, I know, right? I thought about that too. Yeah, I would could just Killer Man. Um, so it's a new project from writers Steve Orlando and Philip Kennedy Johnson, which is the name we just mentioned, and artist Alec Morgan. Uh, it's coming from independent publisher Aftershock Comics. Okay. So uh, I'm not going to go into that, but um, I will say just uh, Killer Man is about forging your own identity in the shadows of the past. Uh, as for what else this is about, you can read the article for yourself. Cool. Uh, Mariko Tamaki has signed on to curate a line of LGBTQ plus graphic novels through publisher Abrams announced in the time, the New York times this week. Uh, named Shirley Books. The imprint is going to feature both fiction and nonfiction stories, focusing all aspects of life as a queer person from triumph to tragedy. So if you if you um on her Twitter, there was a, well, slightly amusing to me, a picture that she put out uh, of her uh, saying that it's like, hey, this is, this is the picture of that somebody apparently... Um, identified me as uh, LGBTQ, something like that, along the line. And it was just basically of her and, like, um, a coat and a hat. And it was like, nothing, nothing really identifying Mike, but somebody used that picture to, to out her or something. I don't know. It was weird. So, but it was like, okay, weird. But then that was when I found out about this after after that. So, congrats to her. Um, a real-life Joe Kubert library to open in New York. Uh, so the Rochester Institute of Technology is breaking ground on a new facility to celebrate the late Joe Kubert, Kubert uh, and to serve as a home for comics. The Joe Kubert Library of Comics and Popular Art is intended to be a world-class library, marketer, excuse me, maker space, and an exhibition space with a foundational collection of Kubert's um, art at its core. Yeah, this is pretty cool. I think Adam Kubert is an alum of uh, the Rochester of RIT, the Rochester Institute of Te- Technology. This is not close to my house. This is like a six-plus-hour drive from me. Oh, dang. Okay. Way upstate. This is a lot. Oh, so it, is a, it, is an, it is an actual Rochester. Yeah, this is upstate. Gotcha. We're, go- we're talking like not that far from Niagara Falls and Canada. Sure. Right, right, right. But hey, regardless uh, when it opens and it doesn't say, but it does say uh, RIT is currently accepting donated artworks, comics, and processed materials. Maybe you should put some of your Inktober stuff in there. Hint, hint. Um, I was about to say, they're not going to get my copy of Heroes. That's the one thing I have signed by Joe Kubert. I got it before he passed away. Oh, nice. So, yeah, no word on when this is going to open, but I'm sure we will definitely let you guys know when we find out. Next up. All right. The Spawn comic book series was honored at New York Comic Con because it broke the uh, the Guinness World Record for the longest running creator owned um, and, 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 and supervised comic book. Which is weird because it's like, wait, didn't that book take a couple of significant breaks? Like, I know it's still. I, I don't know. It's hard to say simply because I wasn't paying attention. Isn't sure. that the worst? 
you know, I had I have the first 50 some odd issues, 55. I think I dropped off at 55 and that's like in the 90s. Right. Because you would think a, a book going as long as that, you know, if it had been going sequentially as long as it would be well past 300. Exactly. Yeah. So and I know it has taken a break or a couple of significant breaks, but I guess, you know, it doesn't really matter in the world of record field. So shout out to a uh, good on them. Yeah, good on Todd, man. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Marvel's Ravencroft gets a major renovation. So apparently this is also something that came out of uh, um, Absolute Carnage. The, so Ravencroft is basically the Arkham Asylum of the Marvel Universe, which I don't think gets talked about all that much. Not as much as it comes up in DC. Or... Right. I was about to say, this is not as notorious as an Arkham. Right. But nevertheless, um, Carnage was a, uh, I guess, an infamous... Um, <laughs> um, resident of this place, right? It's yeah, it's definitely played a role in Spidey books, not so much in any, in any of the other books. You know, obviously the raft was a big deal, but uh, mm-hmm. Ravencroft has always been a minor uh, uh, background story element, right? So there's going to be one, two, three, four, five books coming out of this. Um, uh, one looks like. It looks like Excuse me, four books, three one shots uh, around Carnage, Sabretooth, and Dracula, and one miniseries, uh, all of which written by Frank Thierry, artists to be announced on all of these, uh, dealing with uh, the Ravencroft. Listen, Thierry's a cool guy. Yeah. He, he speaks sure. with such a strong New York accent. Even I feel weird listening to him. <laughs> You know, because when I break out the accent, it comes out strong, but he's always right. strong. And you don't like what a lot of um, Valiant stuff now? I can't remember. He's, he's bounced around. He's done video game stuff. Right. Um, but he's definitely done Marvel stuff. You know, the last time we saw him prominently doing Marvel stuff, he did the Black Knight relaunch a couple years back. Yeah, the World World thing. Yeah. It's been a- World, yeah. So, yeah. So cool. Um, last but not least, uh, the story behind the story, Star Trek, the next generation collateral damage. So basically the, the artist, uh, excuse me, not the artist, the writer, Dave Mack, David Mack shares his surprising inspiration behind his new prose book, I believe, uh, Trek book. So it looks as though, well, from what it sounds like, it's a new Star Trek, the next generation prose book. Uh, and in this article written by Dave Mack, he says his, um, his, uh, his inspiration for it, that being the, uh, I would dare there's a crisis going on in Puerto Rico after, um, after the hurricane. Yeah. I'm sorry. So it's, uh, I didn't, uh, excuse me. Well, yeah, the hurricane does this or that. Um, so yeah, you should check that article out. Cause it's, it's kind of interesting. So, and that folks is it. Oh, it's a long marathon show because we have yeah. a lot to talk about. Uh, one more ad, please, sir. Yes, and before we finish up, I have an ad, and I also wanted to let people know that I am now officially behind again on Inktober. I am not churning out today's drawing tonight. Hell no. It's going to be tomorrow. There's going to be one. You're probably not the only one. What's that? I said, I'm guaranteeing you, you're probably not the only one, especially with um, uh, NYCC just wrapping up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, there's some faithful people that churn that out during the con. Forget it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't standing online long enough or or, or stably. I, I wasn't uh, set up to draw at, uh, at, at New York Comic Con to, to stay up on top of that. I churned out like 
three in a night and I, and I posted them and, uh, you know, I cheated by making them super easy. Um, but uh, what are you going to do? So our last ad read of the night, and you know what we read when I'm in a hurry, keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or comics. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the comic book chronicles free for our listeners at no extra cost to you amazon.com through cspn.us do it today and we come to the end of a very very lengthy comic book chronicles podcast thank you for sticking with us this long we appreciate each and every one of you thanks to matt wang again for coming out shout out to matt wang 97 and matt wang 97 on twitter he will be back on the show again, rest assured. Um, for myself, Roddy, okay, and whoever's passing by, Roddy Cat on Twitter, News Nurse Need on Twitter, uh, CB Caps on Instagram, Agent underscore seven on Twitter, and Instagram. Go check out his Instagram and check out his Ink Over stuff as well as his other posts. PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, and his umbrella sites therein. Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, CB Cron on Twitter, the Click Nation. That's D K L I Q T. Uh, almost had it. The T H E K L I Q N A T I O N on Twitter, and the Click Nation.com, as well as comic book resources. Where he's writing his face off. You can find us on Coastal the Podcast Network. Go to cspn.us. Check us out there. In other words, exactly. Google Play, Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, all that kind of good stuff. Spotify, Coastal the Podcast, uh, SoundCloud page. Check us out all of their places. And we will be back next week with hopefully a significantly more shorter show. Now that a lot of the NYCC news. Uh, has gotten off the way, but some of it has dripped over into that. Nevertheless, this has been the Combo Chronicles. Peace. Good evening, friend. Would you believe it? it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue. You mock my words well. How about this woman that's new on the island, Mr. Stark?